Well, hello, people of Defend the House, and welcome back to another big roundup podcast. I think yes. I got it that time. Finally. It is April, and we don't really have much of a packed calendar for this month. It is Everything just... is delayed. Everything is delayed, deleted. You Remember know. when Cyberpunk was supposed to be out this month? Yeah. Oh. But, uh, you know, a humble episode. We have two games. We have Resident Evil 3 and Final Fantasy 7. Two remasters. Two remasters of two big Japanese games that were very popular in North America. Yeah, we don't get new games anymore. No, well, that's fine. I had not played either of these games, so that's, that's okay. Yeah, me neither. I haven't played Resident Evil 3 or Final Fantasy 7. Yeah. Alright, starting off with Resident Evil 3. So, uh, this was an interesting one, because Resident Evil 2 came out early last year, and was a fantastic remake, and then they kind of surprise announced, well not surprise announced, because everyone knew that Resident Evil 3 was going to be remade, that was kind of inevitable, but I think most people, at least I was surprised to hear that it was coming out next year, when they announced it, 2020. Uh, and there's a reason they managed to get it out so goddamn quickly. <laughs> yep. So this is going to be a weird one to review because the like controversy around Resident Evil 3, if you want to call it that, or the complaints are kind of, I want to say outside of the game, but it's more outside of the game design. Because I want to start off by saying that I really enjoyed my time. My short time <laughs> with Resident Evil 3. I I thought it was really cool. I We've already reviewed Resident Evil 2 last year, so if you want more, you know, specific points, maybe go back to that video because we really went into the reimagining. Uh, we even went into stuff like uh, the awesome UI, which is still yes. fantastic to, the to this day. The map is still very good, yeah. And I think a lot of our praises are still going to be relevant in, Re uh, in Resident Evil 3. The game mm -hmm. looks incredible. Uh, mm -hmm. I still like how the game plays, the inventory management, etc. Um, but did you enjoy Resident Evil Three? Uh, yeah, I did. I did. I I had a good time playing through Resident Evil Three, but I have definitely more problems with it than just it's very short. Uh, Interesting. I definitely okay. don't think it's like. I think it's like inferior to RE2 in basically every meaningful okay. way. Or in every way that I like Resident Evil. All the things okay. that I like about Resident Evil are made worse in RE3. Uh, Interesting. All right, I will yeah. let you lead because I okay. have a more generic opinion of thinking that it was like Resident Evil 2 but a bit more schlocky and I mostly just enjoyed it. So yeah. I will let it, you lead. It definitely is more of Resident Evil. In, in, mm -hmm. in most ways, for sure. Or, you know, more of Resident Evil 2. Um, but, ye and it is definitely more schlocky. And I did appreciate that. I enjoyed that. I think the um, the cutscenes and story stuff are handled better in this game than in the last game. Hmm. The, the, like, the writing isn't good in these games, obviously, which is, like, that's fine. Um, yeah. Uh, but the performances, I remember sort of feeling like the performances in RE2, the voice acting... Um, was it like from Leon and Claire? They both fell a little flat to me. I don't know. And the voice work in this, it's a small thing, but it just, I feel like they handle the sort of cheesy 90s style oh, writing yeah. better in this they, game. They they hammed it up. 
Yeah, well, and the actors, you know, yeah, the actors feel like they're a little more aware of what they're reading. Uh, whereas Ari 2, I don't yeah, know. It's just kind of. I just remember thinking, you know, I, I booted it up the other day as well. And just just the weird, like, dialogue that comes out of Leon and Claire when they, like, shoot a zombie. You know, like, what is wrong with you? you know, just uh, stuff like that was. I, I would say I had similar situations with Jill. Did <laughs> she? Specific, I, I... Specifically Jill in this game, yeah. Okay, I don't even remember that then. Um, but the cutscenes are more fun in this game. Uh, yes, they're better made and perform and acted and and are a lot more stupid. Um, and it definitely made me realize that um, <clears throat> I would certainly be interested in an RE4 remake in this you know sort of style mm. because I I am curious. the The schlock was fun in in this yeah. and. And, but but like every time I see RE4 having not played it, I'm like, this looks really stupid. But then having played RE3 and seen some of that stupidity, I was like, okay, all right. Embrace I could, it. I could, I could get on board with this. Because I, I, you know, I mean, Resident Evil is just inherently ridiculous and stupid. But yeah. Um, the three, the like the major things for me with Resident Evil 3 that are not as good. It's like, it's like only a few words that can sort of very high level summarize it all. Uh, linear. Mm-hmm. Uh, nemesis um, okay. I've forgotten some of them I don't know linear nemesis predictable and short <laughs> those are like <laughs> all of my problems with that game um, it is more linear yeah it's so linear um, well the opening scene inside the city the opening level stage whatever i yeah. feel like there's a little bit uh, more movement in that oh, stage and i was definitely man. lost a little bit oh really okay um, yeah that in, opening in level town? just feels like a, a hallway that like loops back around on itself and I, think, okay well i have terrible directional skills apparently because well, i was yeah, getting turned fair. around that's, that's fair that's fair um but like the things that i like about resident evil 7 being the first one that I played and I really liked RE7 and I really liked RE2. The things that I like in those games is the the weird puzzles, the sitting in one environment and getting to know it and like backtracking over itself over and over again and looping around and unlocking new paths and shortcuts. Uh yeah. and and the slow ramp up of getting powerful, which I think RE7 still did it the best of these three. RE2 uh, granted, I I also played RE2 and 3 on a PC where you're just it's just so easy with a mouse. Um, so so the power curve is maybe a little hard to compare, but RE7 still felt like the best slow ramp up of of you getting really powerful. Uh, mm-hmm. And and the PlayStation in RE2 and most of RE7 have a great sense of looping around one area that you get to know really well and finding all these doors that you need to find locks for and all that stuff. And I really liked all that stuff. And RE3, it just felt like a linear corridor with like one side room that has a lock on it, you know, and you get the lock key, the lock pick, and then you open the lock pick building and there's like three things in there and you're like, okay. And then you keep moving forward into a yeah. new hallway and I feel like the, shows up. <laughs> I feel like most of the environments had uh, the opportunity to do some of that backtracking and learning the environment, but it was optional. Uh, like, I don't know yeah, if you bothered well, in the hospital, but if you backtrack track as Jill, there is a chance to find the revolver. 
Um, and, and I think in the town, if you again backtrack, once you have the lockpick, you can find a bunch of extra loot. And I yeah. feel like in Resident Evil 2, that was tied into just natural progression. And in Resident Evil yes, 3, yeah. it's kind of this optional thing where if you need or if you want to go out of your way to find more goodies, uh, then you can go through the areas again with new tools and knowing the environment's better. But it isn't that necessary if you're playing on normal difficulty. Because yeah, you, I think, I think yeah. the game's a bit more generous with ammo and supplies. I know that changes oh, on harder difficulties, but yeah. uh, I've only played it on normal mode so far. I do plan on replaying it. But in the normal mode, you are pretty loaded. Yeah, you get like I had like forty pistol rounds in twenty minutes into that game. Yeah, my uh, inventory was constantly full in that game as well, more than two. Oh yeah, definitely. Because you and like healing items, I barely went through. Um, yeah. and ammo, you you have so much of it. Yeah, I think the the sort of side stuff and exploration and puzzles are all really optional and off to the side, like you said, and that's a that's a bummer. And they don't really feel necessary also like you said where it's just like oh good i i completed the uh you know the weird red red blue green jewel puzzle which yeah. is basically the only puzzle in that game which is not even a puzzle but you know uh and you just get ammo from it <laughs> and it's like i didn't need i don't need more pistol ammo <laughs> yeah. um there are, and... there are some things like weapon attachments and i think yeah additional weapons because i feel like i missed an entire weapon in that game i think the like smg I think that's in there somewhere, unless that's oh. unlockable. I don't. I definitely didn't see an SMG, and I feel like I found everything, so I'm not sure. No. Uh, Maybe that's unlockable, and I'm wrong. Mm, yeah. So, like, yeah, the linearity, but but it's tricky because, like, as a linear sort of goofy action game, I think it's pretty solid. Yeah. Um, but compared to RE2 and Seven, it falls really flat for me. Uh, mm-hmm. In, in terms of offering the good Resident Evil exploration environmental stuff, uh, which is a bummer. Um, yeah, it, and also, just a heads up, uh, that is not in Resident Evil 4 at all, that stuff. What, the exploration? And, mm-hmm. It is okay, purely yeah. so like, linear, forward-pushing game. That's That's probably why, that's probably the more concerning thing about why I, I have probably never been a every time I see Resident Evil 4 it just looks like yeah linear action and I guess that is probably the main reason that I am not super interested in is because I yeah I really like the RE1 2 3 or RE1 and 2 and 7 style of weird one room you know one big environment puzzly interconnected stuff yeah um, and and when it's an action game you're like okay I mean it's uh, like the shooting is fine it's not amazing, which is that's okay. It's not it's not a third person shooter in quite yet. I suppose RE four and five get much more into that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it, uh, I don't know. RE three was fine. It was fine, but it was if RE three had come out before RE seven and RE two, it would have been like yeah, that was good. But we do because we don't know any better. <laughs> uh, and then RE two and RE two comes in, and you're like wow, they really expanded on on the like linear three and they, you know, they interconnected it all so much better. And the, the stalker enemy is really compelling in RE2 and, and wow, they really improved so much from three, but instead we're going backwards, you know? And it's like, well, RE2 technically was... we are going forward, but just well, you towards know what I mean? a we're going backwards that... in terms of, in terms of just, 
I don't know. RE3 just feels like so lesser in every way. And then by that, yeah. I mean, we're going backwards and it's like, that's a shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, also it, a lot of these problems I feel like would also be alleviated if it had been what it should have been, which is let's say a $20 ex- DLC for RE2. Whoa. Uh, interesting opinion there. Huh? <laughs> yeah controversial i know Contro- interesting uh you know maybe 30 dollars maybe maybe yeah i think 30 bucks would be great you know 20 us you know 30 canadian uh it's so slim yeah do you want to get to other stuff before we talk about sure. the length because yeah. i feel like its length is kind of a significant talking point it, about yes, the whole yeah. package and also just like pacing and getting into the flow yeah, uh, especially when you jump into the game knowing that it's four hours, even though I am glad I knew because as a big fan of Resident Evil 2, I think I would have been almost a little bit heartbroken to have mm-hmm. this game anticipated uh, to a high level and then jump in and it to end after, you know, four and a half hours to five hours. So mm-hmm. seeing the reviews and going in prepared, I, I I guess helped kind of. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But also right. it's it's weird playing a game where after three hours you're like, wait, it's over in two. It's um, and anyway, over. let's um, yeah, give okay, any more right. points before, because I want to get into the length of the game. Yeah. Okay. Let's get to that at the end. Okay. Okay. I think Nemesis sucks. I, He's I, useless. <laughs> okay, you it's go so first, dumb. <laughs> I really like, like okay, Nemesis. Mister <clears throat> X uh, was good, right? I, I yeah. was. We were. I think neither of us were like particularly blown away with him the way the whole internet seemed to be. Um, it's like they've never played a horror video game before, you know, mm-hmm. post twenty twelve. Um, he wasn't a scary guy, but he was a good presence and a good threat. And his persistence, for the most part, uh, was really good. And and I think I complained about it last year that there were a few times where it was obvious that they would teleport Mister X around, mm-hmm. and that would be I would I found that sort of disappointing. Um, RE seven or RE three is like nothing but teleporting Mister X to be right on top of you, and it, it just doesn't yeah. he he. You know, Mr. X, yeah, he just, the roaming feel that he could be anywhere, the sound design, his character design, his cute little fedora, like, all of it is so much better than Nemesis. <laughs> he does and have a fedora, Nem- that is true. Yeah, man, that fedora and that trench, that guy had style. That is um, true, yeah. But yeah, they, they, like, integrated the sort of, you know, trends of a lot of horror stuff over the last six years of... A, a spooky, you know, persistent threat that's chasing you around that you can't really kill. Um, and they integrated that really well and it fit with that game as a whole. And and there were great moments where you would, you know, he'd be chasing you and you'd fucking walk down the wrong hallway and realize, oh shit, I don't have the, the red key to get through this door and now I need to, you know, panic and take him out for temporarily disable him. And uh, yeah. And RE3, Nemesis just falls out of the sky when they want you to leave a location. And then you run away from him and kill him. And then the game is like, oh my god, he's dead, finally. And then he comes <laughs> back, which I, I will admit is pretty funny. I, I got a really kick out of it every like time. That overdone joke in that game where it's like, oh, he's finally dead. I got the bastard. Oh no, yeah. he's not dead. 
that that part Repeat. it made me laugh. Every time we came back, it was like, oh, oh, I'm shocked. Um, but just just on a mechanics level and the way, like yeah. Nemesis sort of is Nemesis versus Mister X is sort of like the perfect distilled comparison point between RE2 and RE3. Like Mister X is this roaming, you know, guy, and then Nemesis is just he. It's just so linear, right, and so predictable. Yes. So and, I think I ugh. so I think I like the schlocky nature of Resident Evil maybe a little bit more than you. Yeah. So yeah. I I enjoyed Nemesis on a silly level. Uh, he feels like a absurd exaggeration of Mister X, and I like that acceleration. And I think it's so bombastic and stupid. And he made me chuckle whenever he pulled out some ridiculous arsenal weapon like a giant <laughs> yeah, flamethrower. Or the slowest rocket launcher of all time. I, I, it's just I like laughing at Resident Evil. I understand that people want to find it scary, but I like laughing at their game. My yeah. problem with Nemesis is in the first scene, which is actually my favorite part of the entire game, which is the initial town area. Yes, he actually yeah. does kind of roam. You can't see me doing oh, quotations. Yeah, that's true. But once he is triggered in that area, he is a threat. Uh, and whenever you step outside. Uh, he comes after you, and yes, the gameplay mechanics of it isn't as good. It feels cheaper, uh, less controllable, and less fair. Um, but I was more threatened by him than I ever was of Mr. X in that one scene. I actually hit him with a grenade, and he dropped a weapon case, but it was I didn't notice it at first, so it was all the way down on the other side of the map, and I, I left oh. it just because I couldn't be bothered to deal with him. He was such a nuisance, and I, I was pretty I was pretty spooked, or maybe uh. threatened, tense... But after the after the town section, yeah. he doesn't roam anymore. He is no. a scripted boss encounter like six or five more times after that. And yeah, he he has one encounter in the game where he kind of lurks around or teleports down on you whenever you step outside of a unsafe space. Uh, and it's a very short time period. It's right at the end of that section, which is kind of disappointing. But if you're maybe doing a completionist run and you've got a couple more things to pick up maybe you're you know roam around and encounter him a few times but after the city th that's it he's just kind of a scripted chase scene boss thing and that was my biggest disappointment is when i first encountered him in the city i was like oh this guy is really stupid and over the top and he's making me chuckle and he's scary and he's chasing after me and they don't really do that again he just turns up when you go over a line and there's a cinematic cutscene. And another problem I have is I think the cutscenes of Nemesis kind of ruin him. I feel like the more context and world rules something is given, the less it makes sense. Like, oh, I don't remember yeah. <laughs> Mr. X ever really having these cutscenes. He just appears. He's just this object who appears. Yeah, he, he doesn't even... I don't even... Uh, there's probably one or two cutscenes, but, like, even his first introduction is just him... You know, there's no cutscene. It's just him yeah. lifting that helicopter up. And that's yeah. so much more immersive and threatening mm -hmm. when you don't know what he is. And Resident Evil 3 has this problem to me, uh, which I think a lot of the... This is a weird uh, reference here, but the DC comic book hero movies. Uh, mm. What DC movies do, and maybe Marvel has done this as well, I really hate it when movies create a villain who is supposed to be ultra, ultra powerful... 
uh, but they're just not good at killing people. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of cutscenes in this game where Nemesis has his hand around your neck or his <laughs> hand around your head. And the head pops off. And I'm like, why yeah. don't you just squish Jew's skull? She's a small lady. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying Jew's not a badass, but she's not made of yeah. titanium. Like, I think there's like three or four times in the game where he has Jew in his hands. Yeah, and then like, like throws her. Yeah. 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 He has, like, one of his weird tentacles around her neck a couple times. He has... Literally picks her up by the skull twice. Just just squish her! <laughs> and I think Mr. X not having that uh, just makes the rules make more sense. And I know I'm maybe contradicting yeah. myself by saying I like the schlocky nature of something. But when you're making a villain I'm supposed to be scared of, uh, you know, don't show him in cutscenes being crap at killing me. And then having me defeat him four times in a row, you know? I just yeah. wasn't really scared of Nemesis by the end, and neither was Jill. Uh, I won't spoil oh the very last fight in the game, but she's <laughs> talking shit to him, and he's like this giant skyscraper placent. Oh, I spoiled it, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and Jill's like, I will say, is the, that all the you very, got? The very final Nemesis boss uh, was definitely the best Nemesis bit in that yeah. game. I was cackling at how stupid that whole final encounter is and she yeah, grabs I don't know where she got that weapon thing. from but it's pretty good I don't know where she got that I don't know how she has the strength to lift it or any of that but who cares nope. it was funny um, I was going to say when you were talking about Nemesis roaming in Raccoon City area I mm-hmm. I completely forgot that that even was in the game uh, yeah. like that's how quickly I, I had I, I think I had pretty much explored you know there was like the two little room there was that one shop that I opened when he was roaming and then i knocked him twice and got his two weapon cases and yeah yeah i had actually completely forgotten that he even did roam in the game because it was so short-lived yeah and never returned yeah but yeah Um, that's kind of my concluding thoughts on nemesis i i think he's a cool designed (laughs) villain when it comes to the schlocky stupid stuff i look for from resident Mm -hmm. evil but i just yeah i don't know why he just didn't roam around the areas more uh, well, that's what people I loved think, about Mr. X, and they did it at the beginning and just never brought it back. I think a lot of the lack of him roaming is probably because, like, the environments don't allow for it, you know? Like, mm. RE, RE2 works because the environments are... Is, I mean, he's mainly only there for the, in the in the police station, right? And then again... See, that makes sense, because the rest are interiors, and he does this weird jump, and maybe he couldn't do that with a roof. <laughs> Right. Well, and and also the like the cop shop in RE2 is super in- interconnected and has like four floors. Yeah. Whereas, and tons of rooms and hallways and and ways for you to dip and dive and duck and dodge through everything. And uh, uh, RE3 is just like where where is Nemesis gonna go? Where are you gonna go from Nemesis? It's just a straight corridor, you know. Mm. Like in the sewer section, where would he? Or in the hospital, like where would you go? You know, yeah. Um, it, and I think that's probably a um, part of it is why he's not roaming is because there's just the environments are just not built for it, uh, which is too bad. Uh, but yeah, I, I, RE three is so strange. Uh, it it, it is a weird one. I think I went in with the right expectations, mm-hmm. uh, which and and I mean I played it in like two sittings. Granted, part partially due to the the, the overall runtime, um, but like I had a good time all the way through. It wasn't scary yeah. at all. Uh, you're super overpowered by the twenty minute mark. You know when you get to the to the uh, the power station with the the face, it whatever the the, Ugh, the spider yeah. boys that um like 
I, that, that wasn't scary. I had like 15 shotgun rounds, you know, and it takes one shot to kill them. And it was like, so, it, but I had a good time playing through it. It was like, oh yeah, Resident Evil, this format's really good. The map stuff is nice. The the upgrade system is nice. The the It looks amazing. Mm. Um, I enjoy the the story stuff of Resident Evil. You know, I, I like seeing the endless shenanigans that the Umbrella Corporation get up to. <laughs> um, and I had a good time playing it, but it, it is like just a, a, a substantially worse game than two uh, and has very little content. And, and so it's, it's, I'm very conflicted on it. You know, it, it was like, yeah, it was a good time. It was, but uh, it's. It was also, it's also not great. I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say about it. It's so strange. Yeah, um, I, I enjoyed. I don't know. I, I was don't gonna say think... like I, I. Yeah, you go. You go. You. Go. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say I don't think a game's runtime is that important to a game's quality. No, I agree. Yeah, but there is something about the Resident Evil formula where it just doesn't feel right for a game to be this short. It genuinely yeah. made the pacing feel odd. Uh, it made some of the character development uh, in the game feel really rushed and bizarre. Like there's this Russian villain in the game, and he he's just so evil, and I just don't know what the hell was going on <laughs> with that guy, and he's just always there. Yeah, and there's. I actually do think the length of uh, Resident Evil 3 is a bit detrimental to the overall game. Uh, you know, pricing yeah. point aside, we can get to that in a little bit. It just makes the pacing of the game strangely rushed and cramped. Uh, yeah, I was going to say my other, like, I remembered it now. Uh, my other bullet point was, like, it felt like I was speedrunning the game from the mm. moment it started. Yeah. Yeah. And, and partial, part, partially that is due to the fact that RE2, you know, this is the exact same functional gameplay loop as re2 so it's like okay i know how to play the game i don't need to read your tutorials about discarding items and maps but but the whole game does feel like you're doing the route b you know i know where everything is look at me go (laughs) i'm speed running it um yeah go ahead yeah it, it is strange well maybe we should talk about the price point because um, it's a weird, it's a weird area. I think this came up in the gaming community a little while ago when um, I can't remember the name of the Zelda now because they all blend together. I think it was oh, yeah. Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening. Yes. Yeah. I think it came up then uh, because mm-hmm. that was a ten-hour-ish single-player experience. Which once it was over, it was over, and it was a remake of a Game Boy game. Uh, and it was 60 bucks, maybe even more, if you're buying it on the e-store e- because of Nintendo's, you know... The Nintendo tax is real, yeah, in, Jesus. In, especially outside of the US. Uh, uh, and I think this is a worse deal than that, uh, by a lot. Oh, yeah. I think uh, this is maybe one of the most overpriced games I've seen <laughs> this generation. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I can't think of a it's, good comparison. It's... It's kind of criminal. It's, like, it's almost <laughs> like, fe- yeah, yeah. It feels like a scam. It, it almost um, makes me think there should be some sort of regulation when it comes to making a game sixty dollars. Like people should look over this and be like, yeah, I don't know if you're allowed to price it at this, Chief. Uh, sixty dollars is not a small amount of money. We're, we're going through a pandemic right now where people are getting unemployed, and they're asking sixty dollars for four hours of your time. 
Uh, and it's a yeah. high quality four hours, but mm-hmm. it's like this weird unspoken gray area where people don't know where the cutoff point is when it comes to AAA gaming. Like, where is it not a full AAA game? Where is it a DLC? Where is it an expansion? And I think Resident Evil 3 is like the main topic, the main talking point when it comes to that topic, where I don't think Resident Evil 3 makes the cut. I don't think this is a AAA full game. And I know there is no dictionary definition for that, but I feel like there should be. Uh, Yeah, like I said earlier, it it feels like a $20 DLC. I'd say Uh, $30. I'm saying 20 US. You know, we speak in US dollars here. Mm Uh, even though neither of us are in the U.S., so that would be, you know, probably, what, 30 pounds, yeah. 35 Canadian dollars or something. If I paid um, 30 quid, I would be, I'd be happy. I'd be happy 30 yeah. quid. Yeah, um, but it's, yeah, so, um, fuck, what was I going to say about the pricing stuff? Oh, yeah, um, price doesn't get brought up much in our mm-hmm. talks because price... I mean, it means so. It's so different for everyone, obviously. Oh yeah. Um, but also, like, I've always felt that I don't really care how long something is, as long as I feel like I when I, if I feel content by the end, then yes. the price doesn't really mean much to me. You know, like we look at the Call of Duties, and it's like, granted, we okay, maybe Call of Duty's not the best example, <laughs> not for us, but um, but you know, call, something like that where it's like. Eh, there's like a six-hour game here, and then you know maybe I dabble with the multiplayer for three hours, and and I'm done. But like most of the Call of Duty campaigns, they're six hours, but I have a very good time playing through them. And I also and feel like I, you know as a person how much work goes into making a Call of Duty package. There's a oh lot God, in yeah. there if you want it, and if as a player you're like, eh, I just want to dabble in it, then you've made that choice. So it's kind of subjective yeah. whether you think it's worth your money, but. On an objective scale, you can't say Call of Duty isn't worth sixty bucks. Right. Yeah. And then I'm, now I'm trying to think of like, is there a good example to pair with RE3 that is an, an actively short, light experience that is full price oh. that I had a good and content time with? And I'm try. I would have to look through like the three hundred games we played this generation. To, to I feel. I just feel like this gen single player games have almost always reached between 8 to 15 hours it's almost been like this unspoken rule that has happened yeah. in the industry that is and also definitely part of it where it feels like games have gotten bigger mm-hmm. this generation to a detriment in a lot of ways i think mm. it's probably um, why um open world games became so popular so that people could easily yeah, tick that box oh definitely yeah people like the the appeal of big bang for your buck um uh-huh. But, but yeah, I feel like our, um, this might be the uh, first game that people have been in pretty much universal agreement with that it's objectively overpriced. I feel like a lot of people can subjectively say, well, this game isn't worth $60 to me because of X amount of time I'd get from it myself. Yeah. But I haven't heard a community be this much in agreement about a game being objectively too expensive. Yeah, like I, I um, you know, RE2 is a smaller game by by modern standards um each run through of the campaign is set like the first run through is probably like six to eight hours depending mm-hmm. on how thorough you are and, and the then the next like run through is like four five six yeah which is fine that that ends up being you know 12 hours or so yeah but re2 re2 felt like um 
regardless of how long it was, it felt like it was being clever with reusing things. And it, it was like efficient and good content utilization in RE2, where you yeah. know you had the one campaign, and then they cleverly had a a, a different enough feeling playthrough uh, from the other perspective, uh, and that completed the story, and and that worked really well, I thought. Um, mm-hmm. And then RE3, you get rid of all of the replay options. I mean, you can replay to get new guns, I guess, but mm-hmm. like, there's no alternate perspective. You don't, you don't see like a Carlos campaign. Um, and and then they strip the whole thing down to like the barest most straightforward game possible and yeah my clear time so there's clear time and play time that they show you at the end play time is total campaign playthrough time uh, clear time is gameplay only that i think they cut out all the cutscenes and menus and all that okay um so it's about 45 minutes usually uh difference between the two but the clear time for me was four hours and 37 minutes yeah i was five hours and six minutes and it's like Four hours and 37 minutes. Yeah. Uh, I was just cackling when it was over because it was so short. And, and and I had to go on to Steam to double check that it was indeed a full-priced game. And it was. <laughs> I was like, did I pay less for this? I don't remember. Oh, it was. It is $80. Huh? Yeah. That's, uh, I, I think wow. I want to bring back up Call of Duty because there That's is. That's $20 an hour. Because <laughs> like you said, if you play Call of Duty for eight hours... There's yeah. an underlying knowledge that uh, a lot of work has gone into the package. There's like this underlying yeah. objective fact that the game is well made uh, and you've chosen not to put that much time into it. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like that happened in Resident Evil 2. You're playing something quite special when you play Resident Evil 2. It's this brand new reimagining of the Resident Evil franchise. It's, uh, mm. you know, there's a fun little zeitgeist. People haven't really played Resident Evil 2 if you didn't, I don't know, have a PlayStation 1. Uh, and also just, you know, the format was completely different. So there was a yeah, freshness. Yeah, they didn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so and like the point. engine looked amazing. We hadn't even seen Devil May Cry 5 at that point. So seeing the Capcom en- engine looking all shiny, there was like a lot of uh, novelty to that, which Resident mm-hmm. Evil 3 doesn't have because it's more of a sequel or expansion. And also one of Resident Evil 3's area uh, is the police station. Which is oh yeah, I forgot about that. Which they made yeah. in Resident Evil Two. Yeah. Uh, oh man, I forgot. Even yeah. though that was like the best part of the game, and uh, I liked that it uh, came back and it does in the original. So obviously it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. I totally, and I, I liked going back to the co- to the yeah. PlayStation because it was like, oh, this is neat. You get to see some of the stuff happening a few hours before Leon shows up, and it's yeah. like, okay, hundred percent. But um, this is more from an uh, an objective production a standpoint. Creation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, uh, most people have played a lot of video games. And even if they don't know the technicalities, they can still compare, you know, the amount of work you're playing compared to something else they've been playing. Uh, And I think that's where the objectivity is coming from, when everyone is feeling a little bit ripped off. (laughs) Because it's like three hours of content in the game. There's only four areas in the game. There's the Raccoon City, the police station, the hospital, and the lab. and. Yeah, the police station is just control C, control V from RE2, mm-hmm. and and the worst part is also that like you get into the RE2 area and you're like, oh man, 
This is, RE2 is really good, especially the cop <laughs> yeah. area. Like, the police station in RE2 is so amazingly good. Yeah. Uh, and the rest of that game is a little lesser. Um, but the, the, the police station is so good. Yeah. And you're like, wow, I RE2, oh, man, I remember when Mr. X chased me down here. And then, and I, oh, and there was this here and Leon... Happy birthday, Leon! And you're opening the cool puzzles. Yeah, I will like, say. I opening, almost remembered um, this. I almost remembered the safe combination when I, I was got gonna to say, it in RE3. <laughs> I remembered uh, the first one, which was Cap. Yeah, yeah Cap. I, yeah, and then the nine fifteen seven. I think is the the Ooh, the nice. next the safe combo, and it's like I almost like they were in my brain just enough that I was like, I'm almost sure that I remember what the codes are for this. Yeah, that was which such a fun add gimmick. to that. They add to that speed running feel where you're just mm-hmm. like, yep, I know this hallway, just sprint down here, yep, open this door, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and then I'm done in the cop shop, and, and that's it. Uh, the funniest gag in that whole game to me was the uh, when you go into the locker room and there's the note saying, like, I've locked myself in the locker, don't open this locker. Uh, and you try to open the locker, and he's like, no, I better not. And that oh, was the yeah. locker, that the amazing like jump scare locker yeah. that got everyone. And then they put that jump scare like in a different yep. area in the cop shop, and it got me. And I was like, okay, that was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Ari, there's, there's, yeah. If you if you delete the the police station, then then it's like three hours of original stuff made for the game. And mm-hmm. then then you when you also, it sounds like there were there's stuff from Ari Three Nemesis, the original, that isn't in the game, and you're right. like where's why wouldn't they put it all in the game like mm-hmm. are they you know what would be amazing if there is if they sold some of it as dlc i did hear someone mention that and i'm a bit scared because they sold dlc for re2 and re7 and it's the clock tower area right i think is like the biggest emission to my uh, knowledge i haven't looked into it so you'd know better than okay. me yeah i think that's the biggest one that's not in the game uh and it's like a whole area that that has Sounds like puzzles and Nemesis stalking you, I think. God. Um, and they even there's even a pamphlet in the game where you read about the clock tower and you pass out underneath the clock tower and then it just skips you to the hospital. And man, right. if, they, if they sold the clock tower area as DLC, or if they sell any DLC for this game, <laughs> yeah, it's going to feel yeah. like a real, real nasty, gross thing. Uh, yeah. And I think that's the real shame about Resident Evil 3 is because... Yeah. What you're playing is good, mm-hmm. but you can't help but feel some anti-consumerism going on in the background. To me, it feels like they were on a bit of a hot streak. Resident Evil 2 yeah. was a killer. Uh, there's been some leaks that Resident Evil 8 is set for 2021. And it feels like they wanted like a shareholder home run. They wanted <laughs> yeah. RE2, RE3, RE8 uh, annually, three years in a row. And they're like, wow, this is going to kick our stock up to 11. And it just feels like they told people who were working on RE3 that it had to be out in 2020 no matter what. Uh, Because, you know, cut content. And I do think they could have somehow made the uh, Resident Evil 2 format work where you play through the game twice. Even if it isn't, you know, traditional, it doesn't stick to Mm -hmm. the original. Um, It doesn't sound like they did anyway. So if you're going to deviate from the original, why not do it in a way where people get more content? Uh, I don't yeah. think anyone, even the most loyal or Resident Evil 3 fans, are going to complain if they change the game in a way where you get more for your money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think they really should have just done that, like reforming 
like you said, a Gio and Carlos playthrough. Um, just that's such an efficient format as well to get more playtime out of the, you know the same areas. It's just such a simple and reusable idea. I don't know why they didn't do that. And it just feels like they kind of scammed people to get it out quickly. Yeah, I feel like if, like I said, if RE three, if this had come out before two, which obviously it wouldn't, it wouldn't have made sense. But if that had been the case, RE three would have been uh, the con the content for money still would have been a problematic, but it would have been uh better received i think but ideally i think there was a, even a, a rumor that they originally wanted to have re2 and 3 in one package mm -hmm. and if that had been the case that would have been perfect that would have been amazing yeah um God. and like i said if this had been a dlc for two that would have also been it would have been fine I, we would have not we would have spent more time just talking about the fun parts of this game um but instead yeah the whole conversation just comes down to being like wow they really they saw everyone lose their minds and get excited over RE2 and then said, well, let's pump this out as fast as possible mm -hmm. and sell it to them for full price. And that's the whole conversation, it feels like. Because, yeah. and it's it, it's sort of a bummer and it's sort of frustrating when you have mm -hmm. something like that where, where they just, this business decision impacts and hinders like any discussion about the game as a whole, where it's just like, yeah. There's, Fun stuff to talk about, like the the enemies in RE three are fun. They're weird and yeah. goofy and we and but it's like we haven't we've barely talked about any of it because it's just like it's it's a full price like eighty plus Canadian whatever pound price it is for for like barely four hours of game you know mm -hmm. and it's like ah uh, it's a, I mean it's they they have crossed a line which other games don't where yeah. You know, I, I've already said this a couple of times, but price of games is usually subjective. Everyone has different mm -hmm. financial situations going on, and $60 to one person is uh, a lot more or less to different people. So yeah. I think, you know, a lot of times if you're streaming or making YouTube videos, people always ask, is this game worth it? And you can only really say, it's like, well, to me, it is. And uh, Resident Evil 3 somehow managed to break that, where no one thinks it is. It's so yeah, objectively... Like not really it's just not on <laughs> it's no, just not uh, on mate and it crosses that line into it becoming part of a review when it never should yeah i mean literally like i if you could almost buy resident evil 3 on steam and if you knew what you were doing play through that entire game in under the two hour window <laughs> And yeah. re return it, and it wouldn't yeah. even feel like you were doing that crazy of a speed run. Yeah, it would Definitely. just be like, like if you skipped all the cutscenes and didn't read anything, and just <gasps> wow, just did pure the game and and knew where, where everything was. Like you can get through this game in under two hours for sure. Dude, we should try and do that for a video. <laughs> can you can you beat RE three in less time than the review window? You probably yeah. absolutely you can. Um. And it's like that's bad for for a full priced quote unquote you know triple A production value Capcom major blockbuster release. Yeah, uh, the fact that you know I beat the game and was just outside of the return playtime window <laughs> by like two hours. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a real shame, man, because Capcom were on a hot streak. They had yeah. the people's favor and they were doing great stuff, and their stuff still is great. I love Resident yeah. Evil 3. Uh, just a couple of miscellaneous things I loved about the game. Uh, like you said, the enemies. 
I love uh, the Frog Boys, the Battletoads, <laughs> the TMNTs. And Carlos has like a dumb uh, like rugby tackle and you can counter their things and it turns into like this weird From Software battle where if you punch them at the right time, you trigger slow motion. And it was just so ridiculous. I love the big <laughs> Fish Boys. They were just absurd. Uh, and like the, I don't want to spoil every enemy, but like the spooky boys near the very well, end that, of the game. Those are all three of the enemies. Uh, That's tr- that is true. Uh, yeah. The game, the game is the game's good. The game is really good. But um, yeah, it's just too fucking expensive. That's what it comes yeah. down to, really. Yeah. Don't th- I don't yeah, know if that, I have uh, much more to say. Like I said at the top, I had a good time, but it is a lesser, a much less interesting Resident Evil game to me. Uh, you know, it's sort of offering a different experience, and I enjoyed that experience. Uh, I certainly prefer RE2 and 7 format-wise, mm-hmm. vastly. I much prefer old-style Resident Evil versus, uh, you know, action-y Resident Evil. And I understand why they, they had to eventually move away from that. Uh, it's fine. And But yeah, it, it, yeah it, it's just all conversation is made irrelevant by the fact that they charged full price for it, I mm-hmm. feel. And it's just annoying it's, it's yeah annoying. just some more yeah. greedy decisions which kind of get in the way of an otherwise yeah. pretty fun experience yeah yeah I, I will say also this is the first time in a game and i don't know if i've ever had this before i've had it once or twice with like last year's call of duty i felt it a little bit as well where where i was feeling like real world uh oh. stuff was making me be like oh mm. like call of duty last year was like America is so great. The military is so great. And I just I just don't have time for that anymore in my brain. I'm just like not interested. Yeah. Uh, when it's so blatant and so self-serious. Um, and then this game, like <laughs> the actual first line of dialogue spoken in this game is the pandemic is spreading faster than any in modern history. And I was just like, yeah. oh, oh. And then there was another pamphlet that I took a screenshot of that was just like, employees are recommending all people stay home <laughs> and i was like oh yeah there's a lot of that oh it, it, it doesn't impact my enjoyment at all but they were just it's the first time in a while that i've had my brain just be a couple of times be like oh oh yeah i did have that actually once or twice in half-life as well because yeah. they talk about quarantine and you're like oh yeah so come on is... video games you're supposed to be escapism what's going on here <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> turns out all the, all the apocalyptic games people have been making have, are coming true, and now yeah. we want now we want something else for fantasy. That's uh, why Last of Us Two has been delayed, delayed. and uh, Dying Light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Dying Light got it got ahead of the delay uh, because <laughs> they knew they knew zombies were in poor taste for the next little while. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I whatever that I I don't actually feel that way, but it was. Uh, it was just sort of funny. It, mainly the funny thing was the first line of dialogue being a live action fake news reporter standing in front of like a burning trash fire being like, the pandemic's spreading faster than any in modern history. It's like, that could be a real news clip. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just, we, it's funny. Fun times. Everything is <laughs> weird and funny right now. In not a good way. Uh, yeah. But yeah. And, and, and I think actually that does maybe... He, like add to the fact that RE3 felt like so, so like I want something I can dig my teeth into right now you yeah. know and RE3 was like the smallest appetizer of all time and you're like oh that's it huh okay 
Yeah. And then they're like, we're not feeding you until next year, motherfucker. And you're like, no, please, I'm going to starve to death. It is <laughs> Don't a, do uh, this to me. It's a very inappropriate time to charge people $60 for four hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. And like, I'm not super excited for Final Fantasy, but like, I'm going to give it a proper try because I want something that's more than 20 hours that I can play, mm-hmm. you know? And, and like invest a little bit of brain into because like i beat i beat resident evil like 36 hours after it came out (laughs) and might uninstall it because like i don't know why would i replay it i like the guns are kind of funny yeah those look neat but i could also just open cheat engine yeah that's true um because it's just point based um i don't know like yeah, I, I really enjoyed replaying RE7 to, hmm. to unlock, because the unlocks in that were interesting. Yeah. And, and they were tied to, like, certain accomplishments, where it's like, if you did a speed run of the game where you beat it in under four hours, you got the running shoes that increase your movement speed for all your future runs. And then it's like, okay, now I want to do a run-through with my speedy boots on, and I want to unlock the X-ray goggles, and then and then with all of those unlocked, I'll go on and play it on a hard difficulty, right? And be like, sort of overpowered for hard, and that'll be fun. And uh, this this just has like a shop, and you can play the game and get points, and then spend those points on a gun or a costume or some tokens that that give you better damage or health or something. And it's yeah, like, I don't know that they're not integrated nearly as well uh re7 still has the best integration of those unlocks tied to replay re2 didn't have much of that which is sort of a bummer because i I probably would have invested more time into re2 replays if it had more goofy stuff to unlock yeah i I agree i agree yeah (sighs) yeah weird one really weird (sighs) game to review because you know like I, i keep repeating myself but usually game length never creeps into the objectivity of a review even with you know we didn't officially review um a link's awakening but i think for a lot of people right. that was the first time where it actually was coming up in reviews uh, and resident evil 3 takes the fucking cake <laughs> yep. it is the biggest ripoff of the generation i would say uh yeah in terms of in terms of just time for your money probably yes. yeah time is money like i, I mean. said to you I said to you jokingly, it's the true '90s experience where you pay a hundred dollars for a game and you have and you beat it in an afternoon and you're pissed. Like that's how games were in the '90s a yeah. lot of the times. And uh, those big games like Final Fantasy VII <laughs> were popular because they were long. True. Weird yeah. how we're having exactly that same experience in 2020. Yeah. Uh, the economy is yeah. tanking like the '90s. Resident Evil's out and is bad again like the '90s. And Final Fantasy is coming out, and everyone's excited for it. Everything Weird. repeats itself. Time is a flat circle, as they say. But yeah, um, if you get this game for 20 bucks, then you will have a fantastic four hours. Yeah. Uh, do not buy this game full price. Uh, I don't like yeah, to be an activist agree. with, you know, when it comes to gaming. I don't give a shit if you want to support EA or Epic Store, whatever you want to mm. do. Um, but I do feel like this has kind of taken the piss a little bit. Um, so feels I, like sends the wrong message if this sells really well yes and it will go on sale inevitably that's just how video games oh, yeah. work so there's no big zeitgeist for it it's not the big the next big battle royale so just just chill just chill yeah. and we'll, we'll wait a month and uh you will have 
a more reasonable experience and probably come out the other end a bit more happy for it. Yeah, definitely. But uh, I I enjoyed my my four five hours. It was a good I did five too. hours. I did too. There was some funny stuff in that game. That yeah, I got a good kick out of it, and I enjoyed the speed runny. I actually kind of enjoyed the sort of speed runny feel of it at times, where it's just like it it, it helps that sort of linear action feel. Um, yeah, Ooh, it was, I do it have was... one last point. Uh, the okay. second to last Nemesis boss fight sucks. Which one's that? There's you, so many of them. Uh, when you're in the arena with the bodies falling out of the events. Oh, yes. I hated that. I hated that <laughs> That part. fight yeah, sucked. It, it was awful. It was terrible. Yes. But then the, the fight right after that was hilarious. Yes. And barely even a fight. And it made up for it. You're right. Uh, it did. And also so did me missing the final shot on the bad guy at one in the morning when I was just losing it at my desk. Just hilarious laughing hysterically that at is the, a yeah fantastic the, failed, the failure cutscene you get uh. <laughs> yeah i think my closing statement at re3 is i really liked it and i want my money back my closing statement is i mostly liked it and i want my money back <laughs> <laughs> okay um before we go to ff7 mm-hmm. we forgot that there is technically a multiplayer for Resident Evil 3? Yeah. I didn't even know. I did not even know this was a thing. I guess it's called Resident Evil... What the fuck is it called? Resistance. Resistance. Yeah. And I didn't even know that was a thing because it's not listed on the main menu in any way. I don't know. No, because it isn't. Uh, it's a standalone product. Right. Um, and you I just don't get know... it if you buy RE3, yeah. right? I don't know how they did it on consoles, because I assume RE3 is on you know Xbox and PlayStation. But on yeah. Steam, it's a completely different entity listed elsewhere. So you might not even notice you own it or it exists <laughs> if you buy the game on Steam. I actually didn't know that. Where is it? Oh, yeah. Resident Evil Resistance. There it is. Wow, look so at that. So I assume they made this to, you know, uh, to justify the $60 price tag. Yeah. Um, I did play a very, very small amount. I played one game as the monster okay. and one game as the survivors. Um, It, it sucks. It sucks <laughs> bad. It's, what? <laughs> it's really, it's really shit. Um, I should preface and say that I haven't really engaged or enjoyed the... I don't know if there's a name for the genre. The Dead Dead by Daylight thing? The Friday the 13th? The, you know, oh, the monster versus people? Mo- that right. sub-genre that's kind of appeared oh, you mean, recently. You mean the Evolve format? Yeah, I guess so. I guess <laughs> Remember so. Evolve, everyone? That was uh-huh. like seven years ago. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that has like a specific genre name, but yeah, those yeah. things. I've never played any of them. I even remember playing Evolve and not liking that game. So who knows? Maybe I'm horribly biased and this isn't my thing. But the weirdest thing about Resistance is it doesn't feel like it's made in the same engine. It's much uglier uh, than hmm. Resident Evil 3. And I don't know why. Uh, it Does also it play the same? E- yes, when it comes to shooting. But also, no. Uh, there's melee combat in Resident Evil Resistance. There's a bunch of different melee weapons, and in uh, the original, in Resident Evil 3, there are no melee weapons except for the knife, which we didn't really talk about, but was kind of useless in oh, my I, playthrough. Oh, I don't think I ever used the knife in either RE2 or RE3. I think I used it in RE2, but uh, not in 3 at all. Yeah, I definitely didn't. 
it feels and looks different. I know it's likely on the same engine and, you know, it's built on the same blocks, but there's something about it which feels to me like, um, oh, I'm trying to remember this spin-off series of Resident Evil games. Resident Evil... It doesn't narrow it down. There's, there's quite a few of them. Uh, Revelations. Uh, I don't know if you ever played Resident Evil Revelations, but it was kind of a a knock, not a knockoff, a, a spin-off, cheaper version of Resident Evil. And it really feels like Resident Evil... Re what did I just Resistance. say? Res Resistance. No, no yeah. that's the actual thing. Oh, Revelations. 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 <laughs> I'm oh getting God. confused. It strangely feels like a knockoff budget version of the same game that it's coming from, which is... Weird. Really yeah. I'm just looking at gameplay right now, and there's like... The maps just look like they're taken from the campaign. It's it's very odd. Um, I don't really have much to say. Uh, it was more confusing playing as the survivors first, since I had no context what the uh, I can't remember what it's called. Mastermind, I think the the oh, yeah, the, the, the big right. bad guy is called. I had no idea what they were contributing. But the one game I played as the survivors, it was uh, generic fetch quests, uh, pushing buttons. Ticking some oh. boxes. And there was just shit spawning everywhere. Like erratically spawning everywhere. Which makes sense when you realize that a <laughs> human is behind the spawning of oh, everything. Oh, 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 I see. Oh, it's one of those. Okay, okay yeah. I gotcha. And when I played like, my okay. one uh, my one match uh, as the mastermind, I right. did actually have fun as the mastermind. But Do not you control, because like Fully the zombies, or do you just place them and the AI plays them? Uh, you can do both. You can oh, okay. place them, and can, like, then take over. every now and then you get this little special skill uh, where you can take over the zombie for yourself, and you can even become one of the like big beasts. I think you have to, right. you have to unlock them. So I could only be... Um, I can't remember his name from Resident Evil 2 with a massive arm with the eye on it. Uh, oh, sure. Yeah. I can't That remember. guy. Um... But being the mastermind is kind of fun just because all you are doing is fucking with people. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you are doing. <laughs> you have this overhead map and you can access all the cameras uh, that are in the maps to see what the survivors are doing. Uh, and it shows you exactly where they have to go. Like it shows the objectives they have to tick off. So I just went to one of the objectives which they had to go to. And I just filled that room with shit. Like hundreds of zombies, dogs, I put traps all over the floor. Uh, and obviously, it was fun watching these guys, like, just get their shit kicked yeah. in and be really That's irritated. Um, and then at the end of the map, they were waiting for an elevator, and I turned into the, the big arm guy, and I smashed some of them. And then there was a power-up where I could turn my camera into a gun, and I would just shoot in them in the face. And then they all died. And I was like, what the hell was the point of that? Um, and then did and you get to open my... like a sick loot box at the end? I think there might have been some sort of loot box I in there. I bet there yeah. was. Um, and yeah, and that was my my entire experience. The queue times were pretty long as well. Wow, I'm uh, shocked to hear that. At the time of when I played it, you could queue specifically as the mastermind, which I think might have been one of the issues, because obviously uh, I think people were, are more likely to want to be the mastermind than to be the survivor. I could be wrong. This is not my genre, it's not my forte. Uh, but I didn't get much out of it. Um, and whatever, you know, back in the day, uh, this was a pretty common thing. Uh, yeah. 
a I company remember, would make. like, Dead Space, you know? Mm-hmm. Where I was going like, to say Bioshock 2. Multiplayer. Bioshock 2, yeah, Dead Space 2. I think one of the uh, Batman games did it. I think you might be right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Origin uh, might have had multiplayer. So I don't really care if a company wants to tack on a wacky multiplayer mode Yeah. Uh, you know, on top of a single-player game. Usually, you know, that novelty is almost a bit nostalgic to me. It's a, a bygone era of, you know, the uh, the 360 and a PS3. And... Yeah, yeah. But um, I think they Those justified the have... price tag b- yeah. with it. So that is a problem to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those other it, games with you know... tacked on multiplayers are, like, complete single-player mm-hmm. video games. Dead Space 2 is a great game. Bioshock 2 is at least a full-sized Bioshock game. Yeah. Uh, you know, regardless of how you feel about it. Yeah, and this is, like using the multiplayer mode that no one wants to play as like, oh, you're getting so much for your money Mm -hmm. to make up for the tiny campaign. It doesn't work for me, especially when (laughs) you don't even mention it on the main menu of the Resident Evil 3 EXE, uh, which is really So I don't know. Um, It wasn't for me. Maybe if you are someone who likes that, you know, type of multiplayer, maybe you're having fun with it. Uh, I did not. I doubt it. And I don't think it's worth like 30 bucks, <laughs> which you would need to be to validate the $60 price tag for uh, Resident Evil 3. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. Uh, they've, been, they've put out a few of those like Resident Evil multiplayer games over the years, even yeah. in the last like five years. And they've always been, they've always seemed like really bad. They keep trying. I don't know why. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants multiplayer Resident Evil, even co-op Resident Evil was like fairly controversial or at least mixed with five and six, you know. Oh, I remember um, really enjoying uh, co-op in five. Yeah, I never played, but there's six. certainly a, a decent number of people that don't like RE5 because of the yeah. co-op in action. Uh, but it's not a separate mode; it's like an optional way to play it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what they're doing over there with just. And now it sounds like they're doing RE4 and RE8 and. Mm-hmm. God, they're just a Resident Evil factory now. Yeah, I think overall it's just it's just a shame. You know, they were on such a hot streak. They had so much good PR. And yeah. now, like, the faith has been ruined and people are really nervous about 4. Uh, I'm not because I don't really give a shit. I really like Resident Evil 4. And if they completely yeah. screw it up, just go play Resident Evil 4. And as we will talk about, the original exists and remakes... You know, if you don't like them, that's fine. Yeah. Like, it's I not think... deleting the old game in most cases. Uh, yeah. People are arguing it's like, it doesn't need a remaster. And I would say, doesn't that make it safer? Because your old game is completely safe and valid today. So if yeah. they completely fuck it up, then you've still got your original game to enjoy. Yeah. Surely and there's I more pressure say, on like RE2 where it's pretty hard to go back to now and yeah. they're remaking it and you want it, want them to get it right. Yeah. And I would say like for RE4, I mean, I I don't think I am in the opposite where I'm like, it, it, yeah, remake that game because I've tried to play it and it plays like shit and I don't want to play it. Uh, and that's just because I don't have, you know, the 15 year old context for it yeah um, it's fine yeah just remake games who cares like fuck off stop bitching yeah, if you don't like it there. don't buy it then like it's not it's fine you can go and keep playing your 50 year old game and be like oh i remember when i was 12 and i loved things and you're just you know <laughs> shut up already 
Yeah, I have no problem. I uh, yeah. I look forward to it. Like whatever, if they completely yeah. screw it up, like whatever, dude. But it like, does feel like the Resident Evil momentum was maybe sort of hiccuped a little bit with RE3 because RE7 was fantastic and a great mm -hmm. comeback, and RE2 was like two years later, or yeah, I think it was about two years later, and that was a yeah. nice spacing, you know. And it was like, oh, Resident Evil again, but now they're like Resident Evil Three this uh, this spring, uh, RE8 is probably next spring. RE4 is the spring afterwards, and you're like, okay, let's just annual calm franchise. down. Yeah, I don't, I, I can't. I'm trying to think of an annual franchise that has like kept me engaged, and there, it's <laughs> yeah. never happened. Never. You know, like the Assassin's Creed games, the the Ezio trilogy. I played those three games, and then I was, yeah. I've never liked an Assassin's Creed ever again. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. They, I, I hope they don't go off the rails too much with Resident Evil because it's happened before. <laughs> uh, spectacularly yeah. off the rails. Yeah. yeah. But whatever. I mean, RE3, aside from being short, is mostly a, a, a fine Resident Evil game. Yes. Um, it's a yeah. it's a fine to good experience that is overshadowed by its uh, unfortunate high pricing. Yeah. But if you can get the game for 20 bucks, uh, you're going to have a good old time. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I enjoy the contrast of going from a remake of a three-hour game to a remake of a, like, 100-hour game. I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's just sort of... They came out almost... Well, the, well no. I guess they came... Our, FF7 was a few years earlier, but, you know, a somewhat similar era in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, more, more so for RE2, uh, but, man... RE3 is a tiny game, and FF7 is extremely not a tiny game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy VII. Uh, yeah. One of the like most mythical games of our generation. Oh my god, people never shot up about Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> it's, it's up there with, you know, Half-Life Episode Three, with Duke Nukem Forever. These games where people just didn't think they were ever going to come out. And when I say Duke Nukem, I'm not talking about quality. I'm talking about these games which kind of get lost in time. Yeah. And people are like, Oh, you mean the FF7 remake? Out. Yeah. The, yeah. The, yes. The Sorry, that's what I mean. Mastering. Yes. Yeah. Specifically, the remake is something yeah. that I, I think people were just starting to give up hope on because they announced it very early. Yeah. Well, like I guess they, they actually, when the PlayStation 3 was revealed, I think in 2005, that would have been, mm -hmm. they remade the opening Midgar cutscene uh, and had it running on, on like a remastered PS3 engine. And then they were like, haha, it was just a tech showcase. We're not actually doing it. Bye-bye. And nice. just like everyone was pissed for a decade. And then, yeah, they announced it in 2015, I think, the remake. Jesus, and, really? Yeah, E3 2015. Oh and, my God, I uh, remember it so well. And, and then went dark for like two years and then they were like it's we're taking the developers off of the project and moving it internally and it's going to be part one of we don't know and mm. it's going to be full priced and and then it finally shipped five years later uh, uh -huh. yeah it's kind of wild that they they finally did it yeah i also think like it's kind of wild that they just had the balls to go back and remake a video game that is like so revered by people mm -hmm. it, it is such a beloved game well when you oh, said yeah. a mythical game i thought you meant in terms of how the original is so revered uh 
because it is it True. is sort of one of those yeah. mythical games as well where you're just like oh this is it's like there's layers just, that's what i said when i said people never shut up about final fantasy 7 it's just like <laughs> yes we know your 23 year old game is still the best thing ever okay um mm-hmm. but yeah they did it and i think we should say uh history with final fantasies or final fantasy 7 um personally zero yes I never, never played, played Final Fantasy VII. It is almost as old as I am. Mm. I was, in fact, three when it came out. So I think we should probably say that we don't really play Final Fantasy a lot. No. I've only played 13, which I didn't finish. Mm. Um, then I played 15, and I right. finished 15, and that's it. And that's it, yeah. And I had played, like, I don't know, 12 hours of 15 when it came out. And then bounced off of it. Mm-hmm. And that was it. So yeah, I, I have no history with Final Fantasy and no reverence for it. No knowledge of what it is. I remember asking one of our friends, what's with Final Fantasy? How do all the games connect? And he was just like, there is no connective tissue. They're all in a different universe. And that was the most f- that was the most confusing thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> um, but yeah. But here we are. Here Final we are. Fantasy VII Remake, part one. Um, so I'm kind of surprised. I went into Final Fantasy VII. Um, I saw the first trailer and I was like, this is my type of thing. Uh, what I really liked about Final Fantasy XV and what I just kind of like about crazy large Japanese RPGs is they're just silly. Uh, I think Resident mm. Evil as well has some of that uh, schlockiness. I just oh, like yeah. bombastic over-the-top stuff, even if it's nonsensical and I don't really understand what's happening. And I remember playing Final Fantasy XV. Uh, and I had no idea what was going on, but I really enjoyed it. Right. Uh, and I watched the trailer for FF7, uh, and I was like, cool, this looks really weird, uh, and I'm in it for that. Uh, and I'm kind of surprised to say that I enjoyed it for more than just that. And also, yeah. uh, until the very end of the game, it yep. wasn't really that wild. Uh, it was grounded i'm doing quotations again Uh, it was kind of grounded at least compared to what i expected from a final fantasy product Uh, yeah the talking cat doesn't show up until the end of the or dog doesn't show up until the end of the game yes what you're saying (laughs) i like it (laughs) sorry that might be a huge spoiler i don't i don't fucking know i don't think Uh, uh, that guy is a spoiler no yeah i think he's on the box art i don't know i don't have boxes anymore Um, yeah I mean, we're obviously going to get into detail, but I, I thought but the combat... I liked it. As a whole. I, I, I good, did. You were looking forward to it. Uh, you were yeah. quite looking forward to it. I wasn't. wasn't I, I wasn't even sure that I was going to play it until like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like a week or two before I started thinking like, yeah, I, I could... Now is a good time for, let's say, some escapism that lasts more than three hours. I mean, what else um, you got going on right now? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that was part of it. And I was like, okay, as as the release got closer, I was like, I'm going to give it an honest try mm-hmm. to see if I, I can click with it because I, I am down right now for like a 30 or 40 hour RPG that is fun and I can just sort of zone out with. And... uh I would say there were a few, there's a few small things here and there that we'll certainly talk about that frustrated me. And I, I actively disliked the final four hours or so, the last two chapters of the game. Okay. For a lot of reasons. Uh, 
and which we'll get into. But I would say, I ninety percent of Final Fantasy VII, I really, really liked. Ooh, really, uh, really. I in fact would say I probably loved Final Fantasy VII as a whole. Wow, uh, All it right. was it was a delight. I think so. I. I know I don't want to jump ahead because I do want to break some stuff down, but I'm just yeah. going to say as an overall opinion, I agree with you that I really, really like Final Fantasy VII up until a specific point, and it's earlier yeah. than the last four hours. Okay. A uh, spoiler, yeah. I'll just say it, it is uh, up until the end of Wall Market. Uh, sure, yeah, I can see that. All the way up until then, I really, really liked the game. Uh, yeah. And then I will. We can talk about you know the last chunk of the game a little bit later. But mm-hmm. what do you want to start with? You know, there's not a huge amount going on. There's combat. There's the world and the story. I guess. No, I think. I I'm tempted to start with story, but I feel like it will just lead into talking about the later stuff quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Maybe that's not a problem. I I. I um. I I say. We, why don't we start with combat then? Sure. Yeah, sure. Let's do that. Maybe leave the story stuff until later. Because the story stuff is why I liked it the most. And the reason that I was frustrated is because of the story stuff primarily. So yeah, maybe maybe we'll leave that until the the second or third part we talk about. Yeah, I feel like it makes sense Um, to end with that. Yeah, so that if we need to get go. into a bit of spoilers, we can, I think. I I think Um, we should, and we'll give a lot of space. I would like to. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, co- the combat. I had played the demo like a month oh, prior, okay. a very sh- not not the whole demo, very minimal, and I was like, "Ooh, uh, I don't know about this combat." Uh, mm-hmm. Primarily, I think the thing that threw me off with the demo, and it was what was sort of annoying at the beginning of the game as well, is I really hate when you're playing a game and it's just like pause here is a huge fucking tutorial screen you know yeah uh and it does that like 30 times in the first five hours of this game and those are always really frustrating and and then i was like man this camera is ass and it is turns out. <laughs> yeah it is it is uh um but i was able to in the full game i realized you can pull the camera back further which did help me uh but yeah the combat was like the the, the biggest thing for me that i was worried about Mm-hmm. because it's what has made me bounce off of JRPGs in the past. Like, FF15, I didn't think the combat was very compelling. Near Automata, I didn't like the combat. It just got so goddamn boring after a point. Um, yeah. But I think as a whole, I, I, I mostly quite like the combat. It's not like, it's not a revelation. No. It's not the most amazing combat ever, but I think it's a solid an enjoyable combat system with a good amount of flexibility mm-hmm. um sort of we'll yes. talk about maybe the party stuff soon um yeah. and fuck i forgot I, I forgot what i was gonna end on and then pass it over to you uh, the, uh flexibility uh i i i lost it <laughs> It was perfect. I had it all set up perfectly in my head, and ah, whatever. It was. I the combat's good. Oh, I know. And I think the it's spaced out pretty nicely. The combat encounters. There's not like for the most part. Yeah, um, they are good about not like smashing you over the head with just endless combat. Yeah, Uh, I think. um, 
it felt to me a little bit like uh, Final Fantasy XV's combat when it comes to the theatrics. Yeah. Uh, the combat in this game is an absolute visual clusterfuck. Uh, <laughs> oh, in, yeah. in a way which I am not really complaining about. I, I kind of liked it. I kind of like that it just turns into a such a cluster of fireworks and effects and sometimes enemies that you can't see what the hell's going on. Um, I think but there's the, um, a bit more... You're gone. I was just going to say, I think that like being able to cue actions helps it not become like a nightmare to play you know yes with all the all the screen effects because you can just sort of not do anything while all the fireworks happen yeah, yeah. I, I agree it is a complete visual mess uh but, but in a way that what, is fun the difference between this and final fantasy 15 is there's a bit more agency going on uh there's yeah. a lot more control uh the game it, there's a lot to juggle in my opinion in this combat system but I think the game does a really good job of the onboarding and tutorialization of the combat system. I would say like the first 10 hours leading up to the... He's called like the something buster. He's like the first proper boss fight in the game. Yeah, the uh, air buster, I think. The air the buster. Yeah. I, yeah. I think they did a really, really good job of really slowly and steadily teaching you how to master and juggle all the things in the combat system by just making you fight stuff there obviously is a lot of pop-ups uh you know it's a jrpg but uh that's one thing i had to praise about the game is i thought the onboarding was really good when i got to the air buster fight that for me was the first moment where i felt fully in control of the combat system where and where it all came together and it feels like it was designed that way that entire sequence was made to slowly acclimatize you to juggling all the things that's going on because it is a busy combat system uh, your ATB meter, which is essentially mana or action points, whatever you want to call it, that thing is going up fast. Uh, you can cast spells and items at a very quick rate, and you can switch between three different characters uh, and do all that with all those characters. You know, you can hotkey things, you can cast spells between characters when you're not in control of them. Uh, so spinning all these plates at once did take some getting used to. Yeah. But... I thought the game did a really good job of slowly introducing those concepts. Uh, and when you were in the zone, this is going to sound like a weird comparison, but it kind of reminded me a little bit of Doom Eternal's combat. Um, sure. <laughs> Doom, uh, Doom Eternal has this, um, this flow state where you are trying to be as efficient as possible with all the things you have available. You are constantly monitoring your flame thing. You are monitoring yeah. your health, your armor. Uh, and you are always trying to maximize the efficiency. And I feel like FF7 is kind of similar, where you are constantly monitoring ATB points, uh, you're switching between characters to make sure that they are farming ATB a bit quicker because the AI isn't as good at getting themselves ATB as you are. And it's this really fun theatrical cinematic juggling act, which is never too overwhelming because the game does a good job of introducing these systems to you. Uh, and after about 10 hours, you've kind of got it. And that's pretty much it. Once you've got it, you've got it. You're in the zone. And the game just kind of introduces different uh, weapons, skills, and spells. And yeah, it felt like second nature by the end of the game. And I thought it looked really cool and was manageable. Yeah, you get really good at uh, really quickly doing like R2 down, up, you know, down on the D-pad, X, L2, L2, up on the D-pad, Y, you mm -hmm. know, just like uh, spamming all these things. Um, not 
well spamming with thought you know yeah and yeah you get really and obviously there's the the hot king as well but uh yeah the when i said like the tutorials are annoying that's just sort of one of those game design things that just annoys me but i i agree it is really good about easing you into it all yeah. uh, because there's a lot going on mm-hmm. um but yeah it, you're right it, 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 i i agree with everything you just said i i have little to add to it uh it's it's, it's cool I yeah. do want to say um, this is a bit of a miscellaneous uh, appraisal, I guess, mm-hmm. a, a compliment. Uh, I obviously really like the hybrid system that you can pause time. I think that's yeah. a nice homage, obviously. If they went full action, I'm sure they would have pissed some people off. Uh, but one just random thing I want to say about that system is I just think the game looks awesome in super slow motion and frozen. There were some oh, great sure. moments where I would be queuing up an attack and you can move the camera and just look around at your characters flying around in the air. <laughs> and I just, I don't know, I thought that was cool. <laughs> That's funny. Just I a will say, a random thing. There's a few, I have a just a bunch of like sort of miscellaneous combat related things because yes. I think you nailed it with the, the general thoughts. Um, I think, I feel like Assess isn't the most... I don't know. I feel like half the time when I use assess, it's like doesn't tell me fucking anything. Yeah, you know. And I'm like, I don't know. I and I and I just there was a lot of fights in this game that I was just sort of I know I was just brute forcing. You know, mm-hmm. where I'm just I'm just chip damaging, um, and healing. Uh, and and I it's not like it wasn't enjoyable. Um, but I there was definitely a lot of times where I felt like. Maybe not a lot of times, but a decent number of times where I felt like I I knew I was probably not playing properly. Uh, yeah. Finding the the weaknesses or like the right way to beat some of the enemies. Um, like like I think I tuned in and you called them the USB sticks, the little like blue flying boys. Yeah, the mono drives, I think, or something. Yeah, like and then there's another one that's like the the weird like screechy thin enemies and some and it's just like everything i ever tried on them it just doesn't work you know it just does reduced and i'm like okay well i'm just gonna switch to cloud and he's got hard edge like fucking max damaged uh with with some fire on him and i'm just gonna triple slash you over and over and over again and yeah that works i I think i think it was like you have to break this shield with a magic spell and then you could physically attack right yeah. It would have been nice some... if um, Assess was an ability rather than a Matera, I think. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because the use of Assess seems to dwindle as the game goes on, since it seems like a pretty clear like Pokemon rock, paper, scissor thing. with like, all right, robot, electricity, yeah. humans, fire. So you just get rid of it, and then every now and then an enemy comes along or a boss comes along where you don't quite know and what they're weak to. And you do. need wind, it turns out. And yeah. wind just absolutely spanks Toonberry. And you're and like, you wow, I wish I knew that. And you can't change your material. Is it materia or materia? Yeah, materia. And you can't, yeah, you can't change Can't change combat. in combat. So, yeah, just a little thing. It would have been nice maybe if that was just a, an ability for Cloud. Maybe it costs like three ATB, no, two ATB points. So it's quite expensive or something like that. Yeah, I agree. It would have been nice to just have it as on a character. Probably, yeah, probably just on cloud, and mm-hmm. uh, and that's sort of annoying sometimes. Where you get into a fight, and it's like, well, I don't have the right thing to deal with this, and I, I, I mean, I could just restart the fight. It is good about always putting you 
right at the beginning of the fight and letting you access your menu and change your loadout. Yeah, um, I did that a lot. Like, click start. I'm just like, I'm not going to slowly grind this when I'm at the beginning. I just click start, redo fight, oh, I, change I, my, change I my material. I, did, I don't think I ever did that. If it, it, it feels I like would, save scumming, but if they give you the ability to do it, then I'm I'm going to use oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? I was just playing like a big, dumb idiot. You know, <laughs> That's fair. Being like, cloud, big sword, cloud, smash. Uh, <laughs> it works. It does, and it does. Uh, also, fire is insanely OP in that game. It mm -hmm. just, like, 90% of the enemies are weak to fire, uh, which is fine. I think um, loadout systems would have been really nice. Oh, yeah. Because there is, and this ties into my other big problem, there's a lot of party switching in this game, and it's never... You yeah. picking your party, it's the game being like, now you're playing as Tifa and Cloud. Now it's Aerith and Barrett. And you're like, uh, stop it. Yes. Um, and that... Honestly, my biggest complaint of maybe the entire game, is mm. well, maybe more specifically to the combat, but the changing of party members when you have specifically set everything up to work. You know, yeah. I don't know how you did it, but I just had, you know, my physical boy, my magic boy, my healing guy. Yeah. And then... I don't think there's anything wrong with forcing you to change things up. But the frequency of what it, of how often it was doing it sometimes was super annoying. And as you said, there's no loadouts for materia. So you have to like D -d -d change everyone manually. Down, yeah. down, down. Oh, oh no, I've switched God. back Barrett's here. Oh God, okay, I'll make him my healer. And I've, yeah. I'm going into my accessories now because I've got this healing thing and now he's the healer. So I'm going to have to change this from air rift to back. It's just yeah. like, God damn it, man. And, and it does that it most frequently in the last two chapters of the game, which is part mm -hmm. of why they were so frustrating to me. Is it's just like chapter 17, you know, you're like cloud, cloud, cloud. And then, okay, cloud and Barrett, fine. And then it's like Tifa and Aerith, cloud and Barrett, Tifa and Aerith, cloud and Barrett, just back and forth. And the first like three times I would spend like five minutes rebuilding the entire loadout, you know, each time it switched. And then you do <laughs> one thing and then it switches back to them again. And, <laughs> yeah. and I was so fucking annoyed, and so I just stopped. I just, I'm like, whatever. Me too. If I have to just brute force this, I, I'm not touching the loadouts anymore because it was so, so mm. fucking annoying. I eventually found, like, a middle ground for stuff. Yeah. Um, I would have, like, if the game had maybe done that more frequently, I would have tried to prepare for that and, like, bought two versions of certain material right. and leveled them up. Yeah. But because it was infrequent, I didn't, like, have two leveled-up prayers. So I had to change it from, you know, Aerith to Barra and back and forth. And I, yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it was... I think, us like, 17 and 18 do it a lot. But, up, like, prior to that, it's not too crazy, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, you'll lose, like, Tifa or you'll lose Aerith uh, for a mission or two or something. Um, but... That that didn't bother me too much. No, me neither. Um, I disliked when I didn't have Barrett in my squad because fighting flying enemies in this game is fucking terrible. Yeah. Uh, oh boy, is it bad? The, the, we mentioned earlier the camera is bad in this game. I mean, I don't know what it is with Japanese games, uh, third-person action games, but so often it feels like the camera is just not good. It's like they they build this, you know, they build the third person, and then they're just like. All right, let's put in a bunch of fucking enemies that just break the camera and put. Yeah. And it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, or, or uh, yeah, and, and the main problem with the camera for me was the the airborne stuff. Um, even with yeah. the camera really pulled back and locked on, 
most of the time Barrett is just shooting off screen because <laughs> the camera doesn't tilt up high enough. Yeah. And and if you try to melee them, oh my god, or a lock-on melee attack from airborne guys, it is just it's a nightmare. Um, yeah, the airborne stuff was like they had to do it because I assume there was a bunch of airborne enemies in the original game. Yeah, uh, and I'm sure that made a lot of sense in a turn-based system. But in an action system, they did their best to like make Cloud and Tifa like zoom up into the air. Yeah, but there's no yeah. air control, so sometimes you're punching and a, a Drake will move, and you're just punching nothing. <laughs> yeah. And like I would try and jump and then activate maybe like a focus thrust or triple slash, but no, that doesn't work nope. in the air. He just swings for nothing, and it's yeah. He, there was just a, too maybe too much of that combat. I know they got to stay faithful to the original. There were a lot of airborne enemies. Yeah, and the lock on cameras just all oh over the place God. in those fights. Christ. Yeah, if you're going to do airborne melee combat enemies, you need to do it like Devil May Cry where the camera just pulls way the hell out and you just teleport to all the enemies, right? Mm-hmm. It's just super snappy and really zoomed out. But this is like... Yeah, it, it was it was frustrating. And so every time I lost Barrett, I was like, oh, no, there's a flying boy. I have to try and hit him <laughs> with fire before he flies out of the way. Yeah. Um, and it was it was frustrating. Mm, that's um, bad. There's also a lot of boss fights in this game, like a lot. Yes. And um, if you've been listening to this over the years, I do not like bo- boss fights mm-hmm. in video. I, I, um, but I think most of them are, are okay. Yeah, I agree. There's... I didn't like most, several of the ones near the end. Okay, um, I had more problems at the beginning of the game, actually. Like the house. Huh. I had problems with the house. The house I was one of the, those enemies where I'm just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And so I just, it was like a 20-minute chip damage fight. And yeah, I, me too. And I was fine because I had healing. Um, And I was just like, I guess I'll just poke away at him for 20 minutes. Yeah, when I say um, problems, I don't mean enjoying it. I mean just, oh, sorry, I right. don't mean like finding it hard. It was I just didn't find it fun. Yeah, even though yeah, his design was, is great, <laughs> it is. That was the sort of bummer. Is like this is so hilarious, but it's yeah. just a slog to fight. Um, there were definitely some fights though that were like the sewer fight, that thing where he's just like, "Haha, surprise, Lamau! Here's a giant water rush, and it just kills your entire party because they didn't move because you can't control them." And it's I think, like, I think I got oh. lucky because I never had that happen to me. Oh, I had it happen like three times in a but row. Then, uh, but uh, then I had the same thing with the fat chocobo who would wipe my entire right. party with a butt slam. Which I never happened to me at all, yeah. Um, any of those fights where they're just, the boss just has a, a one-shot attack and you're like... Yeah. And, and you can't... You can control the character you're controlling, right? And you can get them out of the way, maybe. But the others are too slow and they just get knocked and you're like, well, shit, now I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was frustrating. And then... And then 17 and 18 turn into sort of like a boss rush. Uh, yes, there's loads. A lot of boss fights at the end of that game. And... Yeah, we're, I'm gonna, I'll get into more of that when it comes to story time. Yeah, maybe we'll save more of that for the... I feel like I just need to do like a chapter 17 and 18 chat because that, that is <laughs> yeah. where most of my problems are with sure. the game, really. Um, but yeah, I didn't... Uh, it was It was like a, a bunch of smaller things additive to the fact that it's a boss rush final two chapters that made me really get fucking frustrated and the, the final fight 
is like 40 goddamn minutes long and there's yeah, no long. checkpoints and there's tons of unskippable cutscenes. And I failed it the first time about three quarters of the way through because Ooh. it was constantly switching back and forth. And I, I was just getting staggered by those three fucking bastards over and over again. Mm-hmm. And then it just put me back at the entrance to the boss fight. And I was like, oh, there's, oh, wow. n- there's no checkpoint. That was like 20 minutes. And I was so fucking mad. Yeah, I almost died um, at the dragon. So I was a bit nervous about that. He oh, almost killed God. me. It was, there were some real frustrations in the last few hours of that game. But, um, yeah, combat-wise, for the majority of my time, it was, uh, it was, it was, it varied between quite enjoyable, uh, mind, sort of just like mindlessly brute-forcing and mm-hmm. frustration. But I would say the majority yeah. of it was in the positive half of that. Yeah, uh, I would agree. Yeah. and I, I think, enjoyed most of my time with the combat as well. And I like that you have good variety to, to pick from. Like Tifa's a really fast, you know, fast, punchy, punchy character. Barrett, a little more long range, uh, though he can get weapons that are much more close quarters. Aerith, mm-hmm. very magic heavy. Cloud, sort of a basic uh, melee hitter. And I liked Cloud's moveset a lot. Hard Edge is insanely powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I played as him probably the most, but it's nice that, you know, you have a lot of different options. Uh, yeah. And, but it was frustrating when your, like, favorite would go away. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, which is, yeah. But I, I I was thinking, for much of this game, I thought, well, they're obviously going to make it so that I can pick my party. Uh, in hindsight, it's it makes sense that once you see the whole, you're like, okay, I get why you never get to pick your party, right? But I was definitely, there were definitely a few times where I was like, oh, please, just... Please just let me pick. I just want I just want Barrett, Aerith, and Cloud. Yeah. I don't care. I'm sorry, Tifa. I just never never got what's so <gasps> I, good. Oh, well, I have the opposite. I, the cheat trap is really good. but I, Yeah, I really got to the point where I thought uh, Tifa was better than Cloud near the end. Oh, interesting. Yeah. She was insane My, for me near the end. Cloud, Barrett, Aerith for me was just like, you just delete everything on the screen. Because like, Aerith has that ward that lets you cast double magic yeah. and that just melts and then cloud is just a brute and barrett was long range clean up and he was always my healer as well yeah me too um but tifa i don't know i i never i i think i'm not a super huge fan of like fast uh fast combat you know like rapid yes, hit combat as well god but she for- was insane she actually got me through the uh the final boss of the game with the like the triple bastards because the chi yeah. trap would stagger them like continuously uh, yeah, so i would yeah. i would actually stagger lock one of them at a time wow. and just absolutely go nuts on them yeah yeah i've seen a lot of people say that tifa is like insanely op uh, god, but i good. never quite found that but that's fine I, I i found that with others which is it's nice i like that um Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's about all I have for combat-related things. Well, I was going to bring up uh, a couple of qualms I have with the Materia system. Cause oh, yeah, yeah. I uh, I really like the uh, Materia system. Obviously, I've already pointed out that switching characters and then changing their loadouts one by one is a pain in the ass. Um, But, but I really liked uh, the Rapture and Clank Clank esque leveling up of individual materials yeah. depending on how long you use them or have them equipped that's really fun 
and it added some decision making and building your class like well I don't really need this now but I'd love to level it up to level five because that might be good later I thought that was really fun it's a really fun uh, aspect to like, the RPG-ness uh, and the same with the weapons I liked that each weapon had a proficiency and that you get to keep a skill after mastering it it really kind of forces you well not forces you but encourages you to keep things varied uh, but I do have a couple of problems. Uh, I I don't know if you'll agree, but I kind of wanted more variety in the materia. Because near the end of the game, I just had these empty slots and there wasn't really anything I wanted to equip. And I, I don't know if I just wasn't looking in the right locations, but sometimes I couldn't find different... Um, I couldn't find duplicates of materia I was really right. enjoying. Like That's I wanted I say, yeah. more of the magnify, which links... Yeah, um, yeah, you know, stuff together. And I only had one and I right. checked in Walmart and I checked in another shop and maybe I should have wikied it. Maybe there is a shop where I can get another magnify. But I had one of those. and I, I just really wanted a couple of those because I thought the the blue materia uh, was a really fun, uh, you know, evolution on the the building of your party and led to more complex builds. But I just didn't really have any cool ones of those blue things. I don't know if I missed them or didn't find the right shop. I just, near the end of the game, had so many slots, and I had my healer, I had my DPS guy, uh, I yeah, had and it's my like, spell I guess boy. I'll put poison and this and that on here, because I and double XP or whatever. Yeah, it's and like, I, I was like, I guess I put need... luck on? I don't know what luck yeah. does, but I've got like yeah. two slots for Barrett, and I didn't want to bother with haste or... Um, oh, what? Haste is so good? Holy shit. Uh, I say I didn't want to bother with haste unless I had magnify because I'm like I don't want to cast haste on one person I want to do it on uh. both people but I'm using magnify to heal my entire party so yeah, I feel like I fair. would have used more things if I had more magnify because yeah. like hasting one person I was like ah just I'd rather use that slot for, I don't know I just wanted yeah, a, no, a I, bit more I variety agree. I, I wish yeah it felt like there were you know you could buy lots of the healing and fire and those things but there were a ton of them of the purple and yellow and blue types that i'm just like mm -hmm. i only have one of these and i don't need you know the atb boost when you start combat on all of my characters but like i would like it on two yeah <laughs> uh but you can't buy any it's you have one uh and yeah i don't know i don't know if you can get duplicates of some of those or if you just get only one it seems weird that you'd only get one i don't know mm -hmm. um, i just wanted uh just a couple more to mix things up as the game went on uh, i think the game did a really good job pacing wise uh, at making the combat feel varied in the first half because it was introducing new characters yeah uh, consistently up until arif and then you know you had weapons coming in making you acquire different spells and you were as you were going through chadley stuff getting brand new material uh but near the last quarter, or maybe even last third, I just kind of felt like I was going through the motions with my build, and yeah, I wasn't I really doing much new. Yeah, from like 14 or so onwards, that big side quest chapter, uh, mm -hmm. uh, that's where yes. I sort of figured everyone out, and then it was just like cruise control for the rest of the game, yeah. Yeah, just some more weird um, materia. I don't know, something that turns an enemy into a frog, or something silly. Yeah, you know? well, I think... So I was, that sort of ties into something that I was going to say related to Materia, which is that there's a decent amount of stuff in this game that I just have no idea how it works uh, <laughs> okay. or what it does. Because the descriptions are not very clear. Yes, uh, yeah, sometimes, yeah. Like, I only figured out that the Magnify thing works that way after beating the game. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I had no... I was like, 
looking at it and I'm like, what's going on in this little preview video? And and then and then I didn't even think that it would work. I never even thought like, oh, you can use it with healing. Oh, Link it's so, it's, so useful for healing. Yeah. And and like enemy um, steal skill ability. Like I wonder, I have no, I have absolutely no idea how it works. But that was I'm cool. wondering like, I'm like, can you steal the ability to turn people into frogs? Like maybe that's Ooh, an ability you can get. Maybe. Cause they're, but like the description is like, you can steal things from enemies. And I'm like, like what money? <laughs> and it's like no, it's enemy skills. Okay, what enemies can I steal from? And it's, yeah, and there's no and it's and then like what does luck do? I don't know. Do you know um, what? Do you know which one really confused me for ages was um chakra. Oh so really? The way that chakra read to me is it said yeah. it heals you for the amount of damage you've taken, you've taken and cures poison. So I thought it was just for when you were poisoned. I thought oh. it healed you for the amount of poison damage you had taken. So oh, I didn't use it until the second half when I was streaming uh, it. And they're like, no, it just heals you for how much damage you've taken in combat. And it's one of the most useful ones in the game. And yeah, I don't know if someone had corrected me if I would have figured that out. Because I'm an Right, idiot. yeah. Well, that's the thing. There's And that was me with Magnify. Uh, and there's there's a few other like that. There's a few that are like ATB related where I, I've read them like 30 times. And I'm like... I just don't know what this means. Like, yeah. the one where it's like you get an ATB boost when you, when an ally, when you command an ally to do this or that. And I'm like, what? I don't, I'm just going to ignore this. Yeah, I could never um, figure out synergy. Like, you're supposed yes, to make yeah. teammates cast a spell. But I, unless I wasn't concentrating, I never saw anyone cast a spell when I used my spells. So I'm like, am yeah. I doing this right? <laughs> I yeah, the, there was a decent number of those where I'm just like, I don't know what this, how this works, mm -hmm. so I'm just gonna keep using fire. Cloud, use fire. Uh, <laughs> Smash. Yeah. Um, same with the items. You get like seven trillion items in this game, and the only ones that are useful are the high and mega potions, and antidote, and the revive. And like, mm -hmm. <laughs> there's so many in your list by the end of that game, and it's like, yeah, okay, I guess I, I'll just. I should have just sold them, but you don't need money past like chapter fourteen either, or even earlier. Yeah, uh, chapter well, nine was. I don't I just even know. Don't think items are worth a full ATB bar in combat. No, you, know? you can always no, do something yeah. I, more efficient with it. And on hard mode, you can't even use the items at all. Oh, interesting. Ever? So it's like I guess I'll just if you were to replay it on hard, it's like I guess I'll just sell all of these because I can hmm. never ever use. It's weird that they just turn that off. Um, yeah. Anyways, yeah. There's some certainly some oddities throughout uh, with the combat, but yeah, I feel like uh, we've been you know. um, laying down criticisms a lot uh, because I don't know. I just find that there's usually more to say about things you would like to see improved rather yeah. than being like, "I like the combat. It looks nice and it's fun to smash things." Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of the positive summed up, and yeah. the the negatives are usually a bit more nuanced and take a bit more describing. Uh, but I just want to clarify, because I do have one more point, that I, I really overall like the systems. Uh, Materia was fun. I just wanted more of them. Uh, yeah. I really like getting more weapons. And overall, the combat was approachable and theatric all the way through. Yeah. Uh, the, this is such a small complaint about uh, the weapons. But why, when you're upgrading a weapon, does it not go around in a circle when you're switching between the... I have no fucking idea. <laughs> it goes around like a broken clock. And it's yeah, just it's, really it's a really weird. small complaint, but it was just It's a weird really menu. Annoying. I think 
quite a few of the menus in this game are sort of annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like just in general, game menus, this whole generation, I feel like, it's like all these games we we play, we're just like, the menus are kind of fucking shit in this. Just just yeah. give me like a clean, like linear list, you like, know? Am I, am I being stupid or could you equip a weapon from the upgrade weapon screen? No, I, I don't think you could. Because I, I, I had to, every time I would upgrade the weapon. And then and click then back just, into it. Yes, and then click back yeah. into it because I'm oh, like muscle memory trying to equip it. And you've got to back out, up, and it's just like, why can't I just equip yeah, the weapon I, I just upgraded? I don't know. I don't know why you can't do the opposite, which is just click the upgrade screen from your equip menu. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just weird things uh, here and there, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think when we talk about things we wish were better, it's a, usually a sign that, you know, it was, we liked it. We mm-hmm. cared. Oh yeah, I did. I, I think, you know, any talk that goes on for a long time in these videos means we liked the game. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's a it's a solid and approachable combat system with a mm-hmm. lot of variety for the people who are, you know, much more uh, well-versed in these types of combats. But for some fucking idiot like me, it's, it's pretty easy to get into. And yeah. it's pretty enjoyable throughout. Also, um, we have like four more of these games, so I think it's fair to want to yeah. say some things we'd like to see improved for the next one. Yeah, and I'm sure they will improve them. Uh, yeah. I think that's yeah. I think that must that sums it up. The summons yeah. are are good. They're always good and fun and fancy games are always ridiculous and bombastic. I like the summons. Yeah. The uh, uh the intro yeah. and and outro stuff could have been I wish it's fun the first like three or four times. And then every time I summon Ifrit, it's like, oh my god, this is the longest animation ever. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mind. I think it's cool. But they but it looked cool. It looked good every time. Yeah. Um uh I was going to say I want to talk about some of the structure of the game. Okay. Um, I, I'm, done, I'm I, done with combat so we can okay. progress. Okay. Um, I didn't I didn't know what the structure of this game was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't presume it was going to be an open world, but I didn't know that it wasn't going to be. Like, I, just, I had no reference point yeah, whatsoever. Yeah, me neither. Um, and I, I really like that it's linear it feels like a really mm, yeah. big long action game you know it, it, yeah it's it's a long game 30 40 hours but it has that sort of simplicity of forward momentum that like you know a good like uncharted has or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. or and it's just like it's nice to not have to worry about thinking much about where you're going to go or what you're going to do next. You just keep pushing forward and you go through quite a lot of environments. Yeah. And, and yeah, I was, I think the linear part of it is a big plus to me. And, uh, I don't know if like open world Final Fantasy is what I want. I think is what I, I think. I would. I think linear is the one is the format for me for Final Fantasy. Yeah, fair. Uh, and it's a little weird at times just how linear this game is. Yeah. <laughs> some of those some of those corridors are real straight and real narrow. <laughs> um, but I was totally okay with that because yeah, it's me, just me like too. it's like. I don't want to fucking think or, or or be like, where do I go? Oh my god, I'm so annoyed. I just want to 
let my eyes glaze over, let the beautiful anime people talk to each other, and then I'll hold left stick forward, you know? And it's just yeah. like, and it works, and that's fine. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I liked it. It was great for pacing, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and I think the game as a whole is really well paced. Yes. It, it balances cutscenes and combat and wandering around uh, really, really well. Oh, especially um, the first half. It's immaculately paced. I love the first half. Yeah, up till chapter 14 is where it sort of, which is actually probably more like the majority of the game, for me at least. Um, mm-hmm. Chapter 14 was where the momentum sort of slowed. Yeah. Uh, be- partially because chapter 14 is fucking huge if you do all the side quests, which we'll talk about yeah, in a second. Yeah, I did. Um, um, but yeah, the majority of the game for me is is really, really well paced. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, the only major sort of deviance that you get from the linear pacing is the uh, uh, side quests, which are all really bad. <laughs> <laughs> but I also didn't hate them because they were so mind I don't know it was weird if there were more of these side quests I would have been like man fuck these things but there's there's only like 20 yeah like 24 something like that 24 and they they're really spaced out I thought mm-hmm. um and I I like I really don't think they're good like at all I I yeah. don't even think they really add anything worthwhile to the game um except for sort of you know combat and xp and those things but they i didn't mind them you know yeah. it was sort of mindless and i knew i could just like zone it. i didn't have to even listen to what they were saying uh i think i even skipped some of the dialogue for the <gasps> for the for at a certain point i'm just like shut up i don't care what are you where's the fucking drugs i'll go get them for you just give me the xp already just shut up um it's fine. I don't know. The, the side quests are the, probably the weirdest part of the game for me because I, I just look at them and I'm like, man, these are really just... They're just like the most basic-ass things in the world. Yeah. What I liked about the side quest is it felt like uh, an opportunity for the game to kind of uh, express, I guess, miscellaneous random characters in the world without them being sure, in the yeah, main yeah. story. And uh, there's some really great personality in some of the side quests you do. It's where some of the quirkier and weirder parts of the game resides. Except for uh, goddamn Johnny. Uh, yeah, that guy's a pain in the ass. Fuck Johnny. <laughs> um, I think chapter 14, I didn't really enjoy the side quest chunk because you're going yeah. through uh, similar environments you've already done. There's almost... And the map sucks. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't figure out where the hell I was going. There's a bunch of yeah. loading between each area. And like the characters are like reoccurring, so you've kind of already you've seen like the quirkiness of some of them. But I think there isn't there three main side quest chunks, or is it four? I think it's four. Well, whatever, however many there were before uh, chapter thirteen, I really enjoyed those sections, mostly yeah. for the variety of characters and quirky, silly things that happened during those. Yeah, yeah, I, I. 14 is where the momentum slowed in a way that I was, I don't know, I I was mostly okay with it because, like, I saved that, those side quests, I did them in two sessions, I think, and I saved it for the mornings where I'm just like, I don't need to get particularly invested in this session, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then, and then for the evening, it'd be like, all right, story time, okay, let's pay attention now. Um, But I do think chapter 14, I... 
I don't know. It, it didn't need all those side quests. I think if they had, if there had been like two in fourteen, it would have been mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Uh, but there's like six, I think, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, they're, they're just they're yeah. There was a few too many in fourteen all at once. I think prior to that, it was okay. Again, the side quests structurally, what you do, not interesting. Even the story stuff for me, they weren't interesting. The characters are just like. I need you to go find my cats. Oh, and I'm like, I'm not. Fu- I, I hate cats. Screw you, lady. I hate cats. But it, but it, yeah. I mean, it was also funny to hear Cloud be like, Oh, all right, fine. I'll go find your cats. I'm a fucking bitch. Uh, <laughs> I just uh, want to quickly shout out my favorite part of the entire game was in a side quest. <laughs> that was when you you were like rescuing this kid. And Barrett said something. And, he goes, and the kid was like, I'm not little, you stupid old man. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell was uh, that about? Yeah. The kid there's, was so yeah, nice. The, there's good stuff in in, in Like, there's decent stuff. For, the, for me, the side quest, there was a few things that were like, oh, that was fun. Um, yeah. But I think in a lot of ways, the side quests, uh, there's a lot of room for improvement, I would say, with them in terms of, writing and what you're supposed to do i think the worst one for me was the one where you have to go and find the medicine oh yeah uh or not no sorry it was um it's the one where you have to find like in walmart you have to find the guy that's like sick in the bathroom or whatever oh yeah i it took me i was wandering around for ages and i'm just it was one of those instances where the game is so linear and so like it always puts a, a waypoint on the thing, right? And then it yeah. suddenly breaks its own rules and it's like, now just wander around like a fucking idiot and find him. And I'm like, I did that and it was awful. And I had to go look up where he was because I just never happened to wander just close enough yeah. to see the waypoint pop yeah. up. Uh, and it was very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the, the stashes one where it's like, I don't know where the last stash is. Turns out you would never know this, but it's in the next story mission. And yeah. that's like completely unintuitive. It breaks its um, own rules because usually you don't progress exactly. past the side quest chunks before. You right. Know. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a few times where, it, yeah, it breaks its own rules, like you said. And it, it's frustrating when it does that. Uh, every game is frustrating when it does that. Yeah. Um, but um, you said something that I'm going to hmm. use a transition into okay. a certain section where you said most of the writing was bad and annoying and you hope they change it. Uh, I'm going to disagree. Uh, I don't, I didn't say that. Well, I, you said something like that. I think some of the side quest writing could have been a much more interesting to me. True. But um, I really like the writing in this game. Uh, am I going to say it's good? No, but I didn't want it to be good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh an hour ago, I said that I, you know, I went into Final Fantasy VII because I wanted uh, silly schlock, and I would say that the script for this game uh, delivers that more than the events of the game. There is some really ridiculous stuff that happens in the main story, which I enjoyed all of, uh, but I kind of like the dialogue in this game. I, I don't really have much more to say. <laughs> I think this game is really weird. The characters don't act like humans, and it consistently made me laugh. That's it. Um, I have a lot to say about the story and writing in this game, and I mm-hmm. don't know if I should. We should just start it now because I have like a few more miscellaneous things. Right, to touch do the on. Mis- do the miscellaneous. Okay. 
Um, I really hate in all video games when they're like, you pull a lever for a door that's like right over your shoulder and the camera does this really long like pan up show the door opening and it's like it's over here you big dumb idiot i'm like (laughs) i know it's the most linear game i've ever played in my life and this game does that a lot yeah (laughs) and they were annoying uh it's just a small thing uh but they always bug me um uh, um uh it looks (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) this game is great i love this um half of this game i would be like man this shit looks insane. What mm-hmm. on earth do we need next-gen consoles for? This shit looks crazy. The other half of this game looked like Fallout 3. <laughs> yeah. To me, and it's it looked like, To me, it looked like the old Final Fantasy VII was leaking in at points. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it looks broken at times, I would argue. It Some looks of the like textures... un- it does look broken, yeah, and unfinished at times, yeah. It's so weird. What it reminded me of is, this is a really niche reference, but years and years ago I talked about when I emulated uh, Super Mario Galaxy, Mm. but my HD texture pack was broken for underwater stuff. Uh, The one I had downloaded just didn't have textures for when you were underwater. So my Mario Galaxy emulator would be running in like 1440p, and then when I would jump back in the water, (laughs) it would go back to like 2005, and it was a really hilarious effect to me. And that's what this game reminded me of. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's it's because like the good stuff in this game, which are the cutscenes and Ooh. some of, and the um, all of the like Shinra areas, you know, metal interiors, neon yeah. lighting, nighttime. The game at night looks great. I think mm-hmm. um, all of that stuff looks so good. The cutscenes, especially. Oh, the pre-rendered ones sh- as well. Whew. Well, there's only a couple of those pre-rendered yeah, ones, but, and, but those, I mean, those are full CGI. But like, I don't know, that doesn't really—they look nice. Those graphics. Like, I just wanted to say they look good. They did, they did. But all of the the cutscenes, which are all you know, probably like 99% of them are real time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just look crazy good. Yeah. The character models, the the lighting on them, the animation, like everything, they look insane. Um, and then you get to. Sector five or whatever, the scrap yards, and you're looking at these textures like what what's happening here? Yeah. Uh, it was odd. And and then you get to like chapter sixteen or whatever where you're climbing up, you know, to the plate again and you look out in the and, and they have just like this low res JPEG that's just blatantly like <laughs> yeah. flat JPEG like right in front of you, and you're like, What 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 is this? It, yeah. Um I think that is a remnant. I would imagine this is pure speculation, of course. I presume that the inconsistencies in the visuals is due to the weird development it went through, and, mm, and okay, you know, because like a different developer was working on it for two two years or so, and then they brought it into internal Square Enix, and it's like, I don't know. I it feels like one of those things where you're like, oh yeah, this game maybe this game did have a, a weird development because. Mm-hmm. Half of it looks nuts, and the other half looks like a weird sort of mess. Um, yeah, which is a shame. It didn't ruin anything for me. It was just no, it was more no, confusing just, than bad. Yeah, it's just it's confusing and very jarring to go from <laughs> yeah. from like the some of the best looking cutscenes of the generation to running around what it honestly looked like. Some of the textures from Fallout Three, you know, <laughs> yes. it's just this blob. 
uh, with like five polygons and and like a flat texture, and this is supposed to be like a big pile of metal scrap, mm-hmm. and it's just it just it's, it's uh, what like what do you do? It's just <laughs> yeah, it's just bizarre. Or yeah, um, it just made me chuckle. I would I would literally stop in my tracks and just just have fun <laughs> oh, yeah. with it. Just look at it like yeah. wow, what the hell has happened here? Yeah, it was um, strange. Uh, yeah and 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 also the um all of those little uh cases where you do the you know squeeze through a narrow gap i was just thinking uh the ssd it's gonna be so nice (laughs) yeah a remnant when you when you think back to 13 15 years of games where they're just like we need to slow the player down shit what do we do just put a narrow (laughs) hallway in front of them put a box Uh, they gotta push a box there's a fair amount of that in this game as well, um, mm-hmm. but that's okay. Whatever, it's technology yeah. is what it is. Um, uh, okay, I do have uh, just a few little things before we move okay. on. Um, I really liked the uh, little Yakuza mini games that appeared <laughs> every now and then. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. were really silly, <laughs> over the top, strangely difficult, and just good for pacing. Little miscellaneous thing. I just really liked them. Yeah, and there wasn't too many. There's only Oh no, there were there were actually quite a few. But they, they were all different as well. That's probably yeah. why I'm just sort of like, which ones were there? But yeah, there were. <laughs> the lever one was the most obnoxious for me. The one where you have to pull the levers at the same time. Yeah, that would not work consistently for me. I don't know what I, was wrong yeah, with that. I couldn't get it. Yeah, but yeah, they were they were good. The squats and pull ups one was good. The dancing yes. one was great. Uh, well, oh. I mean, it was pretty simple, but it, yeah. it looked very cool. Uh, I uh, I like the music in this game. Oh yeah. But I want to compare it to the graphics where it the music in this game is tonally so inappropriate for what's happening on screen. And the mixing, I don't know if it was just me, but it was so loud. Like, I could barely hear people talking at times because the music was so loud. And the, the music was just odd at times. Some of the music that was playing was like really chipper. And what was happening on screen wasn't chipper. <laughs> and it didn't bother me, but I definitely had multiple times in the game where I was laughing because I was like, what is this music right now? <laughs> I never thought too much about that, um, but I definitely noticed the mixing. The mixing is weird in this game. The The audio is strange sometimes. Uh, yeah. The music is too loud. And when you get, when a character is talking to you, they're like, they get more than like 10 feet away from you, the, their volume just becomes completely occluded. And it's like, Cloud, come on, we got to go. And it's like, what? You're you're like five feet in front of me. Please, I can't hear what you're saying. Um, I really like the music in this game. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's re- there's some really good stuff yeah. throughout it. Um, I love the, uh, the, the chapter 14, just that whole area, that music. I think I don't remember what it's called, uh, but it's a real, real good piece of music. Uh, I love the. Uh, I think it's called Scarlet's theme, the weird like piano, like romantic red dress lady song that plays in like chapter seventeen or whatever. Oh yeah. Uh, when you're just you're just wandering around a big metal facility and there's just this lovely piano music love song playing. It's like <laughs> okay, I'm on board. Uh, the music is great. Yeah, I love hip hop chocobo. <laughs> Best song in the game. <laughs> So stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's what I got. I was also going to say uh, regarding cutscenes, they're super, super well directed. Like, mm-hmm. video game cutscenes are so goddamn boring. Um, yeah. <clears throat> you know, we talk about, like, the, you know, Naughty Dog and how cinematic their games are, but their cutscenes are 
so boring. It's just over the shoulder shot, reaction, shot, reaction. It's just like the most basic style of cinematography and editing possible. And it's just, it's just so, you know, you're, you're, you don't think about it because the character rendering and performance and writing is all good, but the actual mm-hmm. uh, technical sort of, you know, that filmmaking part of my brain is like, oh my God, just do something interesting with the shot here. Yeah. But Final Fantasy VII is just like, this camera is on fucking crack cocaine. We're moving it all over the place. It's, it's flying all over the place and zooming in. And yeah. People are, it's the cut. They're really well shot. Like it's the camera stuff in this game is exciting. Most yeah, in all especially the, the action scenes. And, sequences. And theatrical. And it, yeah. And it's just like, wow, these, these cutscenes. I think that's part of why they look so good. Aside from the just pure technical part of it. It's just that they've got style and personality and, and a sense of, fun and a sense of theatrical and i i really i really appreciate that because yeah <clears throat> game cut scenes are pretty dull most of the time yeah um which is fine but it, it's nice when they are when they're good like this you're like oh man there's because you don't you have to bend to any rules with a video game camera you can do anything you want with it anything. um and they do <laughs> they oh, do yeah. some crazy stuff with it yeah all right, let's talk about story. I think I would like to just talk freely about story stuff because it's boring talking around things and this is a 23-year-old video game. Well, uh, but also it's... no, no, but I I also I completely under, you know, there's a lot of new stuff here for sure, yeah. but I would just like to I think I would just like to put up a a, a thing that says we're please just let us talk about whatever we want for the story stuff for this whole section. Sure. Um, if, and maybe we get spoilery. I don't know. I'll put, I'll just demark it in the timestamps and all that and say, we talk about the story stuff here. If you've played the game or you don't care. Yeah. I mean, I have some non spoiler stuff to get into first. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to just immediately jump to spoilers and we'll see. I, I might, market differently uh depending on how how it goes but yeah story stuff um when i said i dislike the writing i was specifically just referring to the side quests and and not all of them as a whole but just like quite a decent number of them are just you go up to a guy and he's like there's rats in my factory go kill the rats (laughs) and you're like okay uh and there's just like the majority of the side quests just have no personality to them and, and they're just like bad MMO quests. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I meant when I said I didn't like the writing. Uh, because at the top of this long discussion, I said I, I really, really liked Final Fantasy VII. And the main reason I really liked it is because of the writing and the oh, characters nice. of the, in this game. Cool. Uh, they're great. And yeah. the writing and performances, they're not like objectively good. They're very corny and I'd ridiculous. Say, I'd, say that, and, I'd say they're goofy. good, but not exceptional. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they know what they're doing. Like oh, the yeah. translators and the voice actors, they straddle the line really well with treating itself seriously, but like they know. You know, there's a <laughs> section in this game where they're like, sorry about your ass, you know? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. 
he knows like the voice yeah. actor knows what he's doing they and and the and yeah so i think the character stuff the characters are really strong they're really well written mm-hmm. um again it's all sort of goofy sort of corny yeah. but in a way that's really fun and entertaining and um and in the know i think as well mm-hmm. and that's important and um and they do really good stuff with the characters I'm surprised that they make Cloud like pretty likable. Uh, Eventually, he's, yeah, he's the worst <laughs> for yeah. for like until chapter nine or so. He's just like, fine, I'll do another job for you. Just give me my goddamn money. I'm miserable. I'm a yeah. miserable, grieving soldier. Just I don't care. But he, you know, he really he gets there. He has an and arc. It's great. He has an arc, and it's very. Yeah. He was very cute. Uh, the whole, the whole dance sequence was oh. like that was that was one you realized like okay, Cloud's okay because he he's moving, he's committed yeah, to that. That dance. sequence is so good. It really is. It's so good. I'm amazed that they managed to handle all of that really well. You know, like that's because it's just it's not soulless. That's why I think. Uh, a term I really like, which comes from Mike from Red Letter Media, is passive-progressive, right? Where sure. these companies are, like, ham-fisting in LGBT stuff oh, or trying to God. put in minorities in the background of all their content. Disney's so, like, we put a gay kiss in Star Wars, and it's, uh, it's like, you know, one like pixel a, a in the background. Box, it's like, right? shut up, Disney. And they, they just don't really... It's not this big thing when Cloud cross-dresses. He does it for no. an objective, and they don't make it silly. No. And there's a really and, and the like, guy that runs the honeybee is just like, you know, he he just like wants to share his his uh, fabulousness with the yeah. world basically, and Cloud is okay is down with that. It doesn't uh, feel like an agenda, or it would put no, there no. like a checkbox, or you know. And I and I was worried when when that started to come up. It's like ooh, you know, like I worry that they're just gonna make like a really offensive you know it's just gonna be like oof oof big big <laughs> oof right yeah just like very mishandled um but it wasn't it's super fun uh so and fun lovable and and captures that spirit uh of sort of like the fabulousness of what that stuff can offer and uh yeah. <laughs> it was so it was very entertaining that whole sequence is fantastic uh and and it, it, was and so it is elevated by the the voice actors and the writing doing a good job and yeah. selling it. Um, I think the like core story is decently interesting enough for me, especially at the top when when they reveal that like uh, you know Shinra blew up their own shit right and just yeah. using it as a cover to to do their own agenda. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I that was like a, a good interesting sort of hook to have at the start of the game where you're like oh that's interesting what the heck's going on here um I thought the whole dropping the plate thing I didn't get that for the whole game I was like why did why did they drop the plate was it just to kill people or was it to there was aspects of the avalanche story avalanche the enemy Joe it was to like there was a there was another group that they were trying to Wu Tai yeah, I had no okay, idea Joe, what was going I have, on with I have two words for you, okay? okay? I'm gonna have to censor this out, but are you ready? Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, okay. But you know, that sort of idea that 
on they did that to or they let it happen to go back to war with the oil countries, right? Yeah. Uh, that is essentially the plot of FF7. And it's not very obvious, which we'll get into why it's not apparent. But yeah, they are essentially dropping the plate, framing it so that Avalanche takes the blame. And it turns out Avalanche is a part of Wutai. And Wutai is a, a, a competitor company, basically, I believe. Oh, uh, okay. And they want to have another war with them and basically shut Wutai down permanently and get back into the war economy, you know, and the benefits of a war economy. Uh, yeah. One thing I do want to quickly say, you might actually <laughs> want to cut this out. Uh, I okay. really like during the later chapters when you're in Shinra, uh, where it just shows like all the employees having like a really grievance time over the plate falling. It does yeah. a really good job of painting Shinra as this enemy. And later on in the game, you realize that it's literally just like two or three people in the company who are a piece of shit. And everyone else is. is just trying to do their best. Yeah. And I, I think like there's stuff. a lot of stuff like that in this game where, where the writing and characterization is like surprisingly relevant and yes. on point, you know? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, the shitty, the company is run by like three pieces of shit and everyone else there is a, a normal, decent human being. Yeah. And, and like... You know, there's regret from uh, like Jesse and and Barrett and crew where they're like, "What did we did we fuck up?" You know, by like our our cause is is good, right? The idea is okay. Eco terrorists trying to yeah. you know help the planet. It's like okay, but then the, then the explosion happens and it's way bigger than they thought. And they're like, "Well, oh shit, is that what are what we the bad there? guys?" You know? and, <laughs> um. Yeah, and that stuff's that stuff's really solid throughout throughout the whole game. Um, the characters are really, I think, lovable is the word, and cute. I is sort of for the whole for the whole. It's very, uh, yeah, it's just very enjoyable, and, yeah. and just to you know, like the little scenes with Barrett and Marlene, and oh, yeah. are just like the cutest things in the world, and. Uh, Aerith and Tifa being like best buds, you know, and they yeah. just like work so well together. It's like, this is great. Um, yeah. And I want to say that uh, I like that the game was uh, really horny. Oh my God. I was, <laughs> I was, I'm glad you said it because that's literally the exact word I was about to say is everyone likes this game because it's the horniest game ever it made. It is uh, a very horny game. Um, and I just Jesus, those that... first like 10 chapters are like, yeah. Ooh, oh boy. Oh, oh boy. Um, I really, I liked it. <laughs> I did too. Yeah, no, no, it's... What I it's, what I really like, I want to say something very specific. Okay. So, uh, I knew a while back that Tifa, uh, when yeah. people were like young kids, uh, even though Tifa was like four rectangles, uh, people, people <laughs> yeah. had a crush on Tifa. Yes. Uh, and during this new era of being conservative, they could have, you know, made her a little bit dumbed down. Uh, but no, they gave her massive giant tits. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you can crush on Tifa all over again. Look, uh, everybody I, in this game is is hot. Yeah. And they're okay with that. Like, Also, that's a part of anime. Anime is yeah. like thinking about that. Also, which characters I hate to are gonna say it, but like, I hate to say it, but like, people be horny, you know? Mm. <laughs> like, just give them what they want. Exactly. And they do. They offer it all. They offer the, the yeah. You can yeah. make like a a very attractive character without it being uh, what's that 
beach volleyball game, like Dead or Alive, I think it's called. Oh, the right God. Thing? Yeah, Dead or Alive, I think you're right. You know, like, yeah. Tifa's extremely competent. And, you know, she's, shows Aerith. Yeah, she's all, like... All the yeah. girls kick ass in this game. Yes, exactly. And they're and everyone's smoking hot. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's fine. Because they're not just, like, bimbos. None of them. They're all... No. All the people in this game have a soul to them, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean... I and yeah, everyone playing this game is the horniest because the game is the horniest. Yeah, and we're all stuck inside, not allowed to see anyone as well. It's um, so it's like it, oof. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's, it's too true. It's too true. I mean, you know, but you know, people playing this game aren't kids anymore; they're adults, and they want to think about fucking stuff. And I think a big thing about Persona <laughs> is everyone picks a character they're into the most, and. I think that's fun. Final Fantasy VII does the same thing. You know, yeah. there's Jesse, Tifa, Aerith. Like, pick, pick your poison. I picked what Tifa. What about Jesse, dude? What the fuck? Mm. Jesse's I, so horny. I said, I said, as Jessie. in she is so horny for Cloud. Oh yeah, she is just desperate. That poor girl. Uh, and Cloud is just like not having any of it. He is God damn the it, Cloud. dumbest idiot in the world. Man, um, that guy's but, You know, he is suffering from PTSD, so that's true. You know, it's fair. True. It's fair. Um, <laughs> fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, I think I'm just looking through my my story related notes here. I think the vast majority of the story and character stuff is really really compelling, mm-hmm. really entertaining and I click with it a lot. I yeah. think it's also the vast majority of this game I think is also quite accessible. To people mm-hmm. like you and I who have no history, yeah, um, or There's knowledge not a huge of amount Final of Fantasy. progression in the story for the first like three quarters. It's mostly just the characters going on a pretty straightforward journey, right? Yeah, and then bonding, and and yeah, and it, it, it's approachable. You know, you're able to mm-hmm. figure out who Shinra are, who the characters are, even though you don't fully understand the backstories of uh, Barrett or Cloud or Tifa. But you 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 get it. You're like, all right. Cloud has some shit going on. Mm-hmm. Tifa, you know, Barrett's Marlene, yeah, the adopted. Okay, great. And and yeah, and I think the vast majority of the story, very approachable, very compelling, very accessible. Good. There are parts of it throughout where you're like, oh, that's, I don't know what the, I don't know what, why are the Dementors? Who are the, what's this? What, why are mm-hmm. the, what's up with these Dementors? Um, I know that Sephiroth because cultural osmosis is a thing but mm-hmm. what's up with him and and those are fine as well because i think it's good to have uh questions you know that you want answered yeah. um the problem for me is that well it's a few things but one of the problems with that is that they don't answer those questions in this game not clearly at all which is yeah not in a way that is accessible not um, to newcomers i should exactly. say exactly yeah and and before I go into further, I will say also, I wish that there was more, I, I wish there was a little more, or there was a lot more ways to learn about some of the world. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be able to ask, you know, do like a Mass Effect conversation and be like, tell me about Shinra, and you know, and, and tell me yeah. about Wutai. And just, just give me, like, let me... Fig, like just give me a, even a codex right if just like what like what are some of these things you do, you don't have to put in 
the history of Sephiroth and Cloud and Genova and all that fucking shit. But, you know, just some of the, like, sort of broader world uh, stuff I would have liked to have been able to just dig into more. Um, But they don't give you any opportunities to do that. The problem for me and the the biggest reason I was so frustrated with the last four hours of the game, aside from this, a bunch of the smaller sort of, uh, you know, gameplay things that we'd mentioned earlier, it's that they, they, they go so off the rails off of the accessibility. Oh yeah. Tracks. They, they go from making an 85% of this game is like, uh, I'm there. I'm, I'm on board. I understand what's happening. I've never played a Final Fantasy game. I get it. I, yeah. I'm having a great old time. And then right near the end, uh, what's his name? Nomura, <laughs> crazy man, lead director, goes, oh, right. ha ha, yoink, and turns you 90 degrees off the train track. And you're like, well, yeah. fuck. Yeah. And, and it's complete, utter, incomprehensible nonsense. To us. To us, yes. Yeah. It's like I had no fucking clue what yeah, was happening for the last four hours of this game. Absolutely mm-hmm. no idea. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of infuriated by that because I was because they had gotten me. They had hooked me. Right. Yeah. They had they'd reeled me in. And um, and I was also frustrated because like I could tell that some wild shit was happening. Mm hmm. But I had no idea what it meant. And then the <laughs> yeah. game just and then the credits roll. And I was like compounded by the by the frustrations of the gameplay. I was sitting there like just just completely baffled and, and kind of infuriated at the whole at all the story stuff. Because it's so, so incomprehensible to it to to newbies. Yeah. I and I hundred percent agree. It was a shame because I ended you know, I did 17 and 18 all in one play session, and I ended this game on a really low note, which mm-hmm. was frustrating. Um, so I uh, went out to solve that. Oh, yeah, uh, me I, too. I began a journey to unravel the mysteries of the Final Fantasy cinematic universe, which spans Final Fantasy VII, a fucking 100-hour RPG, uh, Crisis Core, and Before Crisis, which are two different prequel games to Final Fantasy VII. Okay. And also Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, which is a CGI animated movie sequel to Final Fantasy VII. Did you watch try that? And... What's that? Did you watch the film? No. Okay. <laughs> um, but that is... You need to know what happened in kind of all of those games to, to, to understand what happened in the, in the last hours of the remake. Yeah, I just I kind did. of found a 15-minute YouTube summary that kind of gave me the bullet yeah. points. I, I did um, buy the original Final Fantasy VII on Switch mm. and played the f- about six or seven hours of it. What? Really? Um, yeah. I played through the whole Midgar section, which is about maybe three hours of the game. Jesus. And then got out into the sort of open world uh, and played enough to understand, to see the Sephiroth stuff to see the Genova stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then it started to get into uh, history of Barrett. And I was like, I don't want to know this. I wanted to see, I want to discover this for the first time in the subsequent parts that will come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I stopped and I, I will I'll maybe 
go back to it once the next parts are out to see how they diverge. Uh, because this game obviously diverges quite a bit because they made a 40-hour game out of three hours of the yeah. original. Uh, and they do that really well. They expand on stuff really well. Like Jesse, Biggs, and Wedge are basically non-existent in the original game. Yeah. Uh, they have like five lines of dialogue. And they expand on all that stuff super well. But it was just... And now, now that I have a, a decent understanding of the story, I know who Sephiroth is, what his history is with Cloud and Tifa and who Genova is and all that shit. And now I can look at the ending in the last four hours and be like, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, agree. I am so on board <laughs> with <laughs> this crazy stuff. But it was really frustrating that I had to go through all that process. Because it was like, yeah, like I said, six or seven hours of the original a couple of videos, like a video summary of the Crisis Core game, a wiki page, you know, like clicking through a, an hour-long summary of the entire Final Fantasy VII story. And it's just like, okay, dude, like that's, it's a shame that I had to do all that. Yeah, because, me too. I had, to, I had to do the same. Um, because most of the game is is so accessible. and um, And I think it's amazing that I, I love what they did with it. Uh, now mm-hmm. that I understand it, I, I love that this is, it's such a fascinating thing because the, this is a remake where core people from the original game, key writers, the creative directors, like these, they came back and are make like they are the creators of the remake. Mm-hmm. And it's so rare to have such like a seminal piece of art, let's say. Yeah, well, it is art. Yeah. Video games are art. Um, to have some such an important piece of art exist 23 years ago and then to have those same people come back and revisit their most important creation right yeah it's so unusual you never hear about that um and the ways in which they've expanded on it makes so much sense sense for someone who has aged you know 25 years it's mm-hmm. like these are smarter more you know more developed older wiser people making the game and it's also great because they're not just remaking the game yeah uh, say it final fantasy 7 remake isn't a remake yeah it's it's <laughs> like a it's like a fake sequel like reimagining alternate universe timeline it's, shenanigan it's an alternate and, timeline and that's amazing. That's so um, cool. <laughs> the Dementors are there because they're trying to keep the game on the same course as the original. Mm-hmm. And they and they start to fail. And like, well, you kill them essentially, right? Yeah. There it turns out they're they're essentially parts of Sephiroth's being. Yeah. Trying to keep you on track so that the same horrible shit can happen in Final Fantasy 7, which I won't spoil because I don't know if you read the whole plot of FF7. I I know about like the meteorite and I think that's mostly what I know. Meteorite hits Earth and then stuff like that. Yeah, and the famous uh, spoiler, of course, of you know, character death thing. Mm -hmm. It was interesting. I knew about the Aerith death from the original. Yeah. Uh, just obviously through osmosis. I had forgotten about it, and then halfway through, I'm like, oh yeah, they killed Tifa off, right? That makes sense that she's so 
appealing. <laughs> and then yeah. and then a little later I was looking at the wiki page and it was like there's just a screenshot in the fucking Final Fantasy VII Wikipedia page of Sephiroth killing Aerith. And I'm like, oh, right, it's Aerith they kill, right. Mm-hmm. And then throughout most of this game, not knowing much about it aside from the Aerith death, I figured, I presumed that they were not going to kill her off. Um, yeah, not in this yet, game. I thought. Yeah, and I mean, in the original, she doesn't die until way, 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 way after Midgar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. And then, and I also, without knowledge of any of this, uh, I every time Sephiroth appeared, it felt like he was like haunting the game, mm-hmm. mm, um, yeah. and he is, and he is. In that he's, you know, Seph, um, Cloud is having essentially PTSD flashbacks of Sephiroth. Um, but he, but also like, I think he is literally haunted. Like I think he's like this. I think he might be from the original timeline, right? Like trying to fuck things up in this one again, I think. Uh, I, the video I saw uh, concluded that he is the same, but he's yeah. from the future because he eventually loses right. in FF7, the original one. You do eventually defeat him. His aim is obviously to go back in time and to change that. Yeah. Well, and we won't know until the sequels, of course. Yeah, this is like f- um, fan theories. Yeah. My, I would I would sort of imagine that he has come from the failed universe mm-hmm. to this one to try and do, which is more or less the same thing. Um, yeah. And I I think I and it's certainly controversial. There's a fair number of people that are not happy. Um yeah. So talk about that for a bit, because I have not... I don't know if I missed the zeitgeist, but I have not seen a single discussion about the ending from anyone, so I really don't know what the consensus is. Yeah, well, I I, I frequent some forums every now and then and, and definitely popped into the uh, 7 one. And there, yeah, I, I think it's... I mean, it's hard to tell, of course, uh, from so many people, but it, there's certainly a decent number of people that are like, fuck this, like, give me the original game exactly as it was, which... Yeah. I uh, like why like who cares like the original is there just go play it I don't also, know uh, it will probably still follow the blueprints of the original but they've just well, yeah, opened exactly. themselves up to deviate in ways that will keep it exciting even for you know old fans yeah exactly they can deviate and expand upon just like they did in this and yeah. and I think like if if you were coming back after all this time to remake the thing that you're most famous for, like why wouldn't you fuck with it? You yeah, know, why would like, you want to just like 4K your old game from 20 years? Yeah, ago? there's no. They're point. obviously creative people, and they want to like if they're yeah. gonna make four games out of it, they want to enjoy it. Yeah, and they want to do something. Like I saw one of them, one of the older fellows that had, uh, one of the writers on it. You know, he said like this will probably be the last thing I work on before I, you know, like this will be the rest of my life and then I'll retire. You, and it's you like, can only make so many games. Yeah, and it's like, well, why wouldn't you want to reimagine the thing that, you know, your crowning achievement from when you were younger as mm-hmm. you now as an older man or a woman? And it's yeah. like, yeah, it's brilliant, I think. And and it makes it exciting for for newbies. And I think if I had you know, great love for the original, I would be fucking, I'd be like, wow, this is, this is crazy. Yeah. Uh, and s- super on board. And that stuff's real cool. It was real, really frustrating in the moment, especially when they cut to Zach. Yes. The, the black hair. And I'm like, 
who's who's this cloud-looking guy? What? <laughs> I thought it was Cloud. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, Cloud didn't bleach his hair yet, I guess. Okay. Yeah, that's what I said. And then, and then he just dies. And then he's alive. And then the feathers are falling. And then there's like a chip bag with the little dog on it. But the dog is different. And yeah, it's like... so cool. I don't know what's going on. Um, yeah. So I'm glad that we recorded this a good amount of time after I beat it. Because I beat it in, in only 10 days, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And I and then I spent the last couple weeks. Well, I spent like a week after that, um, mulling it all over and deciphering the story. And uh, if we had recorded it immediately after I'd beaten it, I would have said, "Man, I am real bummed out." But yeah. now that I've figured it all out, and I I'm like, okay, I'm on, I'm I'm fine with it. So mo- most of my major problems with the last two chapters are somewhat alleviated now that I have figured them out. Even though I do think they are indeed rather problematic because of how severely they sort of betray the rest of the game's storytelling. Yeah, I still agree, yeah. Yeah. Um, I I did sort of start... I started New Game Plus also just, just to, like, see some... I might replay a couple of the chapters, uh, replaying the opening to see some of those Sephiroth flashbacks um, are pretty interesting, now having seen the 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 original event in ff7 mm-hmm. i'll probably replay like the last chapter to see the ending stuff again now that i've seen and figured out all that bullshit yeah. um i just want to uh, give my my own take on like the yeah, last chunk of the game even though it lines up with yours pretty closely um the ending didn't bother me so much um mostly because uh i the game kind of lost me uh in mm. the second half i'm gonna be honest uh, in chapter 14, during that side quest bit, and then afterwards you do the sewers again. Um, after that, the game never really recaptured the magic for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I did really enjoy Shinra Tower as you're climbing up the levels. That was very video gamey, and you meet the mayor, who's a fun character, and then you, <laughs> you meet Red, the dog. And that was yeah. slowly like getting back that early honeymoon period for me, and I was I was kind of back into it. But um, yeah, the game like the I don't know if it's just lack of variety, lack of uh, I don't know mixing it up, the repetition of Chapter 14's environments. It just lost me a little bit, and I think that's why it took me so long to beat the game. I was playing it every night for about five hours when it first came out, and as soon as I hit Chapter 14, I was playing it once every like four or five days because I I don't know I just found it a bit of an effort to get back into it because the magic had lost itself for me. Oh, there's um, definitely some parts as well that are like, this could have been shortened. Like, it would have been yeah. okay if this game was 30 hours instead of 40, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's interesting. The sewer section and the train yard in the original are literally two screens. It's like... Jesus, yeah. You, you, you drop into the sewers, you wake up Tifa and Aerith, you turn a corner, you fight that boss, and you're in the train yards. You walk, you do one puzzle, and you leave the train yards. It's like, it, <laughs> it was like three minutes long. Damn. Uh, yeah, so they definitely, I think, could have trimmed a little bit. Yeah, uh, and, and I that, think it the, um, for me, the ending, it was just the absurdity of it. It just went a little bit too far, and I'm literally the guy who said I wanted it to be schlocky and over the top. <laughs> But it was just yeah. the like juxtaposition of the first like two thirds, which felt just a little bit grounded. Like I know it's yeah. a bit silly that Tifa is punching stuff with her fists against like big monsters, but 
But near the end, when she's like punching a god, that's when it gets really <laughs> stupid. <laughs> she just has her fists out and she's just like punching these gods in the face with a, a little dainty fist. It's like, uh, it, just, it just went a little bit too far for me on the absurdity scale. And again, like you said, being disconnected from the story, I didn't know who I was fighting. When that oh, boss yeah. came out with the tentacles at the top of Shimra Tower, I was like, who the who, who the fuck is this guy? And then you fight that annoying robot. I was like, where did, where did this thing come from? Yeah. But I like the motorcycle bits. That's a little random. Oh, I was going to say the second motorcycle bit, I almost fucking deleted the game off my oh. drive. <laughs> I was going to say I liked it. fucking hated that boss fight so much. <laughs> Oh, oh my god! Cool. I failed it like three times. I was so mad, but that was after like four hours, right, of just being like ground down by the story yeah. and the other boss fights. Oh, that was almost what broke me. And I'm amazed I didn't break when I failed the boss fight, the Sephiroth fight. At the yeah, end. Uh, that's that's rough. I was lucky enough to just get through it. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah. I think I pretty much agree with everything you said. You know, it lost me in the second half, but. I can't really express how much I enjoyed the story, world, and progression in the first half, all the way up to the Honeybee Inn in Wall Market. I adored that part of the game. And yeah. it is a real shame that this game lost me a bit in the second half, because honestly, at that point, I was like, "Is this? am I going to be one of those Final Fantasy VII hardcore fans? Because it's, yeah. it's getting there. And, you know, there's still time. There's still plenty more games. Maybe by the end of the whole thing, I will be a hardcore fan, but... Uh, the second half has unfortunately left me in a state where I'm just a, just a fan. I like it. Yeah. Uh, you I'm also did beat it, it only in the last couple of days as well. Yes. Um, um, I think one last thing I want to say is I really like Midgar. I think it's a really fun uh, sci-fi setting. I love yeah, that there's like neat. two levels to it, the slums beneath. Uh, I love the like artificial lighting they have. I didn't even realize that to do that specific mission. It's just fun, like, sci-fi engineering, like, dystopian stuff. Uh, really enjoyed uh, the setting. I like Mid- Midgar. It was cool. Well, good news. You're never seeing it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know, actually. Uh, I have no idea. Um, yeah. It's... I, I would say I was pretty on board with, with the entire game. Uh, cool. There's definitely chapters that are not as interesting. The sewers are not very interesting. The, uh, the train yard is also kind of, eh. I didn't like that chapter where you're climbing up to the top plate. Ugh, my least favorite in, in the game. With the sunset where it's just like the environment in that area was so bad. It was just like bland, flat concrete hallways and aerial fights and the weird Ugh. JPEG off in the sky. And yeah. Yeah. Um, and but yeah and and then obviously the frustrations with the ending stuff but um as a whole i would say i i was really quite quite impressed and and had a good great time i would say through the vast majority of it and um i will absolutely i'll be there day one for the the subsequent games Uh, me too I, i really look forward to seeing what they do with the story stuff i look forward to seeing more of the world i look forward to seeing to learning about the the characters, um, seeing what crazy shit they do with the structure if they do, because you you go out into like a, a hub world, right? And mm-hmm. it's like you can go to all these different towns in any order, I think. And uh, yeah, I also are they gonna call it? I I feel like they're gonna call it like there'll be Final Fantasy VII remake, and then there'll be Final Fantasy VII 
retribution you know mm. and final fantasy 7 that would make more sense rebirth and yeah. like i wonder it's neat that they have made it made it sort of like an exciting mystery as to what the next parts are going to be yes uh because up until the game was out it seemed like well they're just it's a huge ass game and they're making it in like super triple a quality so it's obviously just going to be a whole bunch of parts um but now they've sort of they can sort of do whatever they want, and, yeah. and I mean, and that's cool. And uh, I don't want to um, good on dip, them. I don't want to dip back into another spoilery section that we would have to uh, <laughs> give people warnings about. But it's been really cool to play um, Half Life Alex and Final Fantasy VII, and to see both of the studios do kind of ambitious things with the direction and the endings of those games. They yeah. are such beloved properties. And they had the courage on, you know, both accords to do something with it rather than just, here you go, fans, here's another one, because uh, you'll be yeah. happy with it no matter what we dish out to you idiots. No, they're creative people, they're ambitious, and they still want to keep people surprised. And I love that both of those projects, not only for the majority of the fans, stuck the landing for overall quality, but yeah. were brave enough to do something new and interesting with both of those projects. That's so cool. Yeah, I agree completely. It's so fun. It's great. It's great to see them wiggle their way out of like a, a sort of a hard place mm-hmm. with how much people care about those games and do it in a really fun way and 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 execute really well. Yeah, it's proof that like for both Half Life and uh, Final Fantasy, like you know, there's a lot of smart people that made the the, the, the those old games and. Turns out they still know what they're doing. Yeah, uh, which and is I know cool. it's neat we complain. Yeah, we complain a little bit about some of the texture issues in this game, but outside of that, the production values for a forty-hour, oh, yeah. you know, RPG are staggering. Like this they're game nuts. looks, yeah. sounds, and plays incredibly for a game of its scope. I think yeah. they just they did a great job. Yeah, yeah, and I I'm super looking forward to. 20 20 something whenever mm. part two of who knows comes out <laughs> yeah it's weird but uh, i'm i'm there now i'm on board the the whole journey might not be complete until the next generation after oh. the playstation 5 you know Jesus maybe christ the, it'll be 38 or something the playstation 6 will launch with the complete edition and we'll be in our 40s <laughs> yeah maybe maybe oh video games <laughs> maybe, are so maybe. weird fuck yeah, well, I think that's it. That yeah. was a long conversation, but... Well. It's, it's, there's a lot going on with FF7R. And I'm, yeah. you know, it's like when we talked for two hours about Half-Life Alex. Uh, I'm yeah. glad there is a lot going on. Yeah, it's good when you're able to talk for a long time about something, I think. Yeah. Um, regarding next episodes, uh, oh. probably a, a summer catch-up, which will consist of two games, <laughs> probably. Well, which what is, is coming out? A, I mean, The Last of Us is in June and Ghost okay. of Tsushima is in July. So, right. like, those are the next two that I would imagine would make sense to do for an mm-hmm. episode. Um, so, you know, it might not be until the beginning of August that there's another one of these, but that's fine. Uh, yeah. That's how it's always been, you know? Yeah. Quiet but, periods, it happens. But if uh, if you like these long talky videos, uh, we will be doing more podcasts, probably a lot more frequent podcasts compared to these episodes. Because the year 2020 is looking uh, in question. There might be some you know, great stuff coming out in 2020. Or because of what's going on in the world, we might not have a lot of AAA games. But at least 
we should have stuff to talk about. There's always the backlog and there's always console news and upcoming releases. So if you want to hear us discuss that stuff, we do a normal podcast with our friend Ben. I think just called Defend the Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, etc, etc. Uh, all that stuff will be down below. Uh, but apart from that, uh, we will talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening.